Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. We're back. Dave and Rich from the swamp. Rich, how are you, man? What's going on? Uh, uh not too bad. Rock Cost and in the shop. You know, oh, yeah? And, uh, you know, some, some sad news today that, uh, that uh, you know, I just was not a good way to end the week. Are you referring to <laughs> R.I.P. Keith Githen, the legendary creator? Yeah, yeah that was. Yeah. A, to be fair, I could see from pictures that the guy was never the picture of health. He, but he, it was he didn't look well, but you know what? I was having a better week than last week. You know, last week was a really shit week. And, sure. you know, the car shit. And, and you know what? I mean, today, this week wasn't terrible. It was, I was like, oh, okay, it's not as bad. And sure. today wasn't a great day. And then I even, I just found out today. Mm. Um, when I, and I just was like, I couldn't even get through the week. <laughs> well, yeah. And I do want to do a shout out uh, to Keith, his family, his collaborators. We've had James DiMatteis on the show uh, a few times now. Um, obviously, a very close friend and collaborator. Uh, I wish James all the all the best and our, you know, um, our, you know, uh, what do you say, Rich? Our sort of best wishes well, I mean, and thoughts. What a loss. You know, it was something that actually angered me. Okay. I, so when I found out about it, I went to, you know, see, you know, because you go and you search it and you look at it. Sure. And, you know, good on some of these websites. Some of them, like the Nerdist, and all that, they were like legendary writer. You know what I mean? Definitely, comic writer. And then there were others that were just like eh, Keith Giffen died. Yeah. And I was like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you not have some sort of like yeah. um, well, that's description poor. of like his talent or, or 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 the reverence you should have for the work that he's done? Well, I mean, the, he did a lot of work. It wasn't like he did one or two things. He has well, a that's large what I'm saying. Body Do not turn around and say like you know the yeah. the great or. Or, or the beloved, or just or any. I don't care what descriptor you use, sure. but to just go like, "Oh, hey, yeah, Keith Gifford died." I was like, I was actually quite angry. <laughs> well, luckily, I didn't see that stuff. I saw, uh, I, I saw it on Facebook pretty much as soon as it broke, and I saw Paul Levitz gave a very touching tribute. You know, they obviously did a lot of work on Legion together, and he said, "Look, we had some fights in that time, but nothing that would be." Mm-hmm. He said, "Nothing that would be unusual in such a long relationship," and that's true. Um, but he said he was that's a what it, but very that's what life creator. is. Like, yeah, no, he, you know, he, when he you're at work, you you fight with people sometimes, but it's it's a maturity level that you just yeah get on with it, get past it. You know, oh, totally. um, and they course. work so closely, man. Like, I mean, they we've covered on um, Legion Outpost quite a lot of the Levitz Giffen Legion, and it's fucking fantastic. Like, frankly, and. I mean, let's just do the greatest hits. I mean, and I want to say co-creator of Lobo, for starters, man. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Obviously, Justice League, you know, international, um, huge on that with JM, uh, massive on Legion. Um, He created that crazy character Ambush Bug, which I love. And someone who's had uh, actual success recently, he was also co-creator of Rocket Raccoon. Yes, I, and I, to be honest, I didn't know that, um, that he was a co- like, until today I read that, and I was like, I hope he got a decent check from um, from all those movies, you know, I, I hope someone... I fucking hope so. No, I, no, because f- fuck it, like, why not? Like, he slaved away and did a hell of a lot of work for a hell of a lot of companies, and um, that Rocket Raccoon blew up. I mean, for a couple of years, Rocket Raccoon, through the movies, was one of the most popular Marvel and- characters, you know? But even before that, he was actually... He was actually. Here's the weird thing. Rocket Raccoon was actually popular before the show. Yeah. 
not not to the level after the movie, mm. but he was a character that was popular because I mean, obviously, it's a talking raccoon with sure. big guns. I mean, sure, uh, that's going to just resonate with people. Well, the, the, um, the, the, but then the movie like elevated him to like the next level of. I've, oh, totally! I've got a list here of characters he created because they, you know, they list them. Uh, another mm-hmm. one that I didn't know he created was Blue Beetle Jamie Reyes, who was just yes, in a movie. Yes. So yes, again, I, I, yeah. I hope he got a fucking check for that as well, because like yeah. the movie may have bombed, but he's a cool character. Um, I can Computer Comic Queen, which is a um, alleged superhero. Is this Computer the Computer? Oh no, it's not. I thought it was the Computer. It's a different character. Nort the uh, Green Lantern thing, whatever he is. Yeah. I don't know how to describe what the character is. But I always, I always, because it's it's I'm him, sorry. I always assume that the G is not supposed to be silent, and so his name's Gnort. Ice, <laughs> Iceman, the, the the character from um Legion, from not Legion, Justice League. Mm-hmm. Man, Lobo, fuck me, Maxwell Lord. I guess he did all these with JM, yeah. And um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he created Nick Furo's Howling Commandos. Really? Did he? I would have thought that would be from way back in the day. Anyway, it says here that he created them. Um, you know, and, well, and maybe, but maybe a newer version. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, um, Nick Fury's been around for a while, but uh, Howling Commandos might actually be something. Oh no, you know what they uh, are? No, you know what they are? It's like a werewolf variant. So it's like a special oh, thing. There you go. It's yeah, like yeah. some special thing. That's what I said. I didn't think it was the original original. No, maybe I was like, wow, was he around in like nineteen fifty? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How old was he? Seventy. So yes, okay. seventy. So oh, look, dude. A life well lived. I mean, Jesus Christ, we would have loved to have another 10, 15 years of Keith Gith. And what I love as well is his reputation was he was kind of a bit of a gnarly old bastard. Like, he had a few barnacles on him, wasn't wasn't shy back. I like that. He had quite a few edges to him, it seems like. Uh, That's kind of one of the reasons why I like him so much. Me too. um, He's kind of like a a soul, a kindred spirit for me because I'm also that person where I'm social, but I'm not like... Yeah, you're not. I, I don't like attention. You're not cheesy like me. You're not. You're, you're not cheesy. No, no, I agree. And 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 God bless him for it. Like uh, that's what JM said. He was a curmudgeon with a heart of gold. Like apparently had a yeah. softer side that the public didn't see. And fuck the public. Like you know, he 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 kind of, I think, let his work do the talking for him. It seems like anyway. Um, apparently, there's. Um, we were talking about on Legion Outpost this morning. And by the way, that would have just hit your feeds by the time you re- listen to this. So check out Legion Outpost with Adam. Um, apparently, recently he would had a podcast where he did like three episodes. So I'd be interested to track that down and listen to him. You know, because I've heard very few interviews with him over the time. Apparently, very hard to get an interview with Keith. Oh, yeah. Well, you know? yeah, we even asked uh, uh, JM about that. You know, because I mean, yeah. I would have loved to have been able to. You know, just have one, just one chat with him. Yeah, but you know and, what? I don't want to be that brain. guy chasing this fucking guy. Like, you, you know what I mean? He, he was having, you know, I like talk. I agree. I'm. I would have loved it as well. But I think some of the guys they just don't want to do it. And and some of the girls we've no, got. No, no, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying how dare he not do it. I'm just saying what a shame. Yeah, definitely. Because it would have been interesting to get his um take on things. Because. Uh, JM said in a he he did like a big blog post today, and I, I I kind of briefly read it, and he said, look, if we'd met in the street, we probably wouldn't have been friends, but because we were mm. together for so long, we developed such a relationship, we became really close friends. Like he said, we were so different, you know. Like, but at the end of the day, I guess they both had a lover story, you know. Mm. And, and in a weird cool. in a weird way, he actually um, predicted his death. Well, he did this really cool thing where he he obviously had pre-written something 
And he had a stroke upon him. He said, I told them I was sick, dot, dot, dot. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks. Adding, ha. <laughs> yeah, but he actually put the tw- uh, his birthday, uh, well, the year he was born in 2023. Well, he probably knew that he was about to die, man. Like that's what I'm, But that's what I'm saying. He actually still, <laughs> he actually did that. And then when people found out, people were like, damn, like, he yeah. literally called it. Well, like, he yeah. He was like, yep, that's it. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah. And, and Paul Levitz wrote, um, the sad news is now official. Keith Githen has gone off to create new worlds that are beyond our living reach. Keith was probably the most fertile creative mind in our generation in comics. He had an infinite number of ideas constantly pouring constantly out, which is fucking a huge tribute to the guy. He deserves it, man. He fucking deserves yeah. it. You know, I, 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 need, I need to go and find whatever podcast or whatever I can find because, I mean, one of the questions I would have loved to ask him is that when you look at his art, you can clearly tell that he was heavily, heavily inspired and influenced by jack kirby sure do you know what i mean like his art style is just it's such a you can just tell mm. and maybe that's also why you know why you pick his brain when people say he was such a fertile man because so was kirby oh yeah. you know kirby had also a just like a a fountain of like creativity oh, with, yeah. with 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 sure. characters and worlds and all that and the fact that you can clearly tell that he was influenced you know what i mean i just i would love to have picked his brain about like Mm. what were those inspirations yeah, you know yeah. like how did you get it and you know i need to go and try and find some interviews where maybe someone's asking well that dude question. try to find his keith Giffen podcast i'll 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 find mm. the name of it yeah, this, I'll this is this is what adam said to me that apparently he'd done like three <laughs> um yeah i'm not dead yet podcast so um so there you go it's called i'm not dead yet on apple podcast and i think he did three episodes so i think that seriously Go check those out, you know, in his own no, words, you know. Um, well, I mean, the flag's, you know, flying low at Legion headquarters and at Signal headquarters tonight, Signal HQ. It's a black flag. Yeah, it's the pirate flag. I mean, that it's a, it a big part of the shit that I read growing up, eh? Yeah, man. Well, the, hey, dude, the, 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 um, the work remains, man. I was saying this to Chuck Dixon, like, because he's all about the work. And I said, Chuck, in 20 years' time, no one's going to give a shit about, like, the fucking dirty office politics that, you know, screwed you and this or that. It'll be the work. And he said, yeah, that's it. Like, someone will pick mm-hmm. up a green arrow omnibus with his stuff and they'll just go, this is fucking wild, you know? You know what I mean? Like, weirdly in creative, you do leave a legacy, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those weird things. If you're pushing paper in a fucking office, you know... He, quickly forgotten but um i do feel that i keep githen he he gave a hell of a lot man he gave a hell of a lot and, and in fact this news broke really late before the show but i think next week i'll pick uh, i'll pick some weekly comics like one shots from around his career man if you if you're down mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. um and yeah anyway we we, we our, our husband prez go out i believe his wife may have passed away a few years ago i noticed paul levitt's mentioned her and he was saying you know he was never the same uh, after she left. So, mm. you know, um, we just hope they're in a happier place, man. If there's an afterlife, I'm sure he's, you know, reclining on a beach with his Hawaiian shirt on, man, you know, paddling in the water or something, man, you know? Sip- oh, maybe him and uh, uh, Kirby are finally collaborating. <laughs> Jesus, way. The, the, the journey goes on, man. Um, now, uh, I didn't ask you, Rich, so what what have you been reading and watching this week, man? Uh, you know, obviously the sad news came in, but what was going on before that? Um... Anything? Oh, well, I'll bring it forward now. Um, bring it forward, Rich. Uh, in, in, instead of the uh, uh, abductions. 
I feel that's what I think. Was that so called? Yes, yeah, signal, signal abductions is, is what signal the fucking abductions. segment's called. Yes, I'm glad you're referring um, to that. That's great. No. Uh, so, JB Hi Fi here is having a big uh, 50% off anime uh, sale. Okay. And so, we, we picked up a few Studio Ghibli okay. um, right. uh, movies and all that. So, um, Spirit yeah, of the Way? Um, Spirit of the Way, mate? Is that one? That is one, yes. Thank you. That I is that one. One. I've seen that There's one. About, like, I've seen that know, one. Forty of them. I've anyway. seen that one, man. I've seen that one. I'm pretty proud of myself. At least, too. At least you've seen one. That is the <laughs> only one I think I've seen. No, was How's Moving Castle one? Because I've seen yes. that. How's Moving Castle is one of my favourite books ever by one of my favourite writers, Deanny Winner Jones. So I have seen that one and I enjoyed it too. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 almost. Not a single bad uh, Studio Ghibli movie, which okay. is really good. In fact, we are actually um, we're watching a few things. I mean, now uh, we're still watching um, Highway to Heaven. Yeah, how's um, that going? Alicia's really enjoying it. She keep, whenever I say, "What do you want to do? What do you want to watch?" She goes, "Can we watch the Tubi show?" That's what she refers to it as. That's cool. because it's on Tubi. Um, but we've also been we've started to watch all the the Ghibli movies in order, like of when they came out. That's cool. Um, so we've just watched Norsica, uh, Valley of the Wind. We've just watched. Um, oh, I've seen that one as well. I've seen that. Gee, that's a long yeah, watch. And, um, the uh, Castle in the Sky. Um, but you know what? I'm having a fun time because so what we're doing is we're watching it in English mm. because um, the in- uh, Studio Ghibli movies actually have a lot of pretty famous voice actors, and I'm actually having a really fun time trying to to spot them mm. because a lot of the time it's also, it's a, it's a matter of, uh, before they were famous. Yeah. So, uh, Norsica, uh, um, uh, Valley of the Wind actually has Shia LaBeouf. Jesus. And I mean, wow. this movie came out in the late eighties. I think it was really, how old's he? I would have thought he'd be a late. Well, I mean, they could have done the voice in a bit later with the English stuff, but it still would have oh. been when he was younger, like much, much younger. This would have probably definitely been before Transformers and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, it, it had uh, Patrick Stewart in it. <laughs> uh, it had the uh, you know the Latino guy, the Mexican guy that was in. Um, yeah, uh, Michael Penna. The... Is that who you're referring to? Huh? Is it Michael Penner, the guy from Ant? No, 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 no. The, the older guy. He's from Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah, Edward James Olmos. Yeah. Yeah, so like it's got him in it. It, it had uh, the guy that does Scooby Doo and uh, Fred, <laughs> which was kind of funny. Oh, I know the guy. Yeah, um, yeah. and then we, uh, and there's some other ones. Oh, by Mark Hamill's in it. Um, uh, oh, the guy that was in the 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 Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie, but he was also the Dracula in the first Fright Night movie. Um, anyway, so I spot, I spot a lot, and then we were watching uh, Castle in the Sky, and that's also got Mark Hamill in it. Mm. But get this: the the boy in this one is voiced by uh, what's the guy's name, James Vanderbeek. Oh, you Dawson from Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek. Yeah, and the chick is voiced by a, a very young Anna Paquin, where you can actually still hear her Kiwi accent. Oh, oh wow! Hey. Yeah, Anna Paquin. Wow, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, um, so I, I, I'm, we're having a lot of fun, and I'm just having a lot of fun going. I know that voice. I know that. <laughs> You're so, good at yeah, that stuff, though. You're, you've always been good at that shit. I'm, I'm hopeless at that stuff, you know. Um, but you're, you're good at voice spotting. Although I was very proud of myself the other day. We were watching DuckTales, or Michelle was, and the voice of um, Doc from um, Back to the Future. And I go, that's Doc. And it was. And I was very proud of myself. He has a very mm. recognisable voice, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah. Man, oh, we good. also watched, uh, we watched the Lupin movie. 
And you know who Lupin, you know Lupin the Third? Are you familiar with that? Uh, I know it's a thing on Netflix and it's based on an anime, mm-hmm. isn't it? Is that right? Is that no, right? Well, everything's that based right? on manga. Yeah, um, you know comics. But yeah, we, we we watched the one of the early movies of that, and I was watching that. And now basically they've always had like a different Lupin voice acting in pretty much every movie, right? But I was listening to this one. I'm like. I fucking know this voice. I know this voice. And it took me a long time. And it was literally the guy that does the voice of Luke Skywalker in all the old video games. Oh, really? I've got a yeah. question. I've got a question. I know that Lupin has a new uh, Netflix live action show. Can you give me the, like the 10 cent pitch on what it even is? Because I know nothing about I it. I don't even know if that is actually tied because I think that's a oh. French production. Oh, it's totally different, is it? Okay. Well, what- yeah, well oh. you got to remember, it's not called Lupin in Japan. Like oh. that's not the name of it, and I think for some reason it's just called it's it's been Englified to to Lupin the Third, but oh. that Lupin that's on Netflix, I think it's if it is an adaptation, it's very loose because it's a black guy, but he's it's French, it's all takes well, place in France. Uh, well, well, okay, what's the ten cent pitch on the actual Lupin? Give me the what is it? Oh, so he's basically just a world renowned um, thief. Um, and he has a like a, cat a samurai kind of a samurai buddy, and he's got a um, kind of like a mobster buddy kind of thing, and he's got an inspector that's always chasing him. Okay, um, is it comedy or what is it? Yeah, 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 it's it's comedy. Okay, is it like Pink Panther? It sounds like Pink Panther. No, not not that <laughs> not that uh, wacky zany, but but pretty funny, pretty pretty wacky. I love it. I is love it, them. What is it uh, originally? It's a manga, yeah. Yeah, yeah, look, everything's a manga. Dude, basically. why don't yeah. for one of your fucking picks you pick one of these fucking manga so I'll actually read one? Pick uh, a good one. I will, but I mean, you'll pick probably end up going, eh, Richard's really failed us this time because I didn't enjoy it. I don't like reading uh, things backwards. No, no, no. I've I've enjoyed some manga over the years. I, I like, yeah. I like, I've read all of Kenshin. I like Claymore as well. I've not read it all, but I enjoy it. No, no, I'll read it for sure. If you pick a good one, though, pick a, pick, pick one that's not. I don't want too cutesy wootsy. Well, pick pick violent. You know? Well, I'll see if I can find a light novel because there's no point in. I don't feel like there's a point picking a, a manga that's an ongoing series because I think you're just going to be a bit. Well, just pick something, man. Pick something. You might good. be a bit lost. Dude, if there's something with. Oh. You know. And sorry, I've also been watching Astro Boy, the oh, 2008 um, version. That was actually pretty good. I, I watched that. I've no, got... not the movie, hey. It's a, it's a TV show. No, no, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Okay, it. Yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah. No, I remember when it came out. I actually am one of the biggest fans of the original Astro Boy. I have the tin box set of the DVDs. Um, mm. I fucking love that original show. And I liked the, um, the, the newest show. It only had like a season, but I watched it. And, and I didn't mind the movie. I didn't love it, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I love Astro Boy. I love it, and this 2008 is a fantastic animated uh, show. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. I agree. I it was. It was sadly kind of. I watched it. It was on Foxtel on one of the anime channels or one of the cartoon channels, and I watched it. I agree. It's. I'd actually forgotten it existed until you mentioned it. Um, I, do you remember the original Astro Boy? Because it was played a lot here in Australia. Did you watch it? Originally, you mean the one, the black and white one from the 60s? No, dude, the fucking one from the 80s, man. You know? Sorry, you said original. I'm, well, I'm just the clarifying. Well-known one, man. The fucking well-known one. Like the the one from the 80s. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I know the one you're talking okay. about. Okay, that final episode where he faces the greatest robot of all and that and the robot has to go and fight like all the different 
other great robots before Astro Boy. That is one of the best multi-episodes of cartoons ever. I love that. I love that shit so much. I forget the the robot's name, but he had a weird name, and he was like the ultimate robot, and he fought his way through like Hercules the robot and stuff, so he put up a big fight. Oh, there's a lot of robots here, like Atlas is one. But Atlas is the main bad guy, but this, this guy yeah. was like a super robot at the very end of the series that he faced off against. Man, that is such a good show, that 80s Astro Boy is so good. You know, and also the one you're talking about was also good. I remember watching it when it came out. I didn't see it all. I probably caught. I I'd actually. Did you get that on DVD or did you download that or what? Oh, it's actually streaming on binge. Really, oh, man, I'll check mm. that out. Only one season. It was only one season, wasn't it? No, uh, I think there's two. Dude, fucking hell yeah, man! We should do an episode or something and do a discussion for that, like for next week or week after, man. Do a, do a, pick a pick an episode. Man, anytime you want to do some old anime, I'm down, man. All right. Well, okay. I've got uh, I've got the Robotech. Uh, Ro- it's called Robotech in English, but it's the Macross. Did you buy I've that whole that. collection? I did. Yeah, I've been looking at that uh, collection myself because I I like a bit of Robotech. Um, yeah, man, that's some good good. That's some strong shit you've got going on there, Rich. It's good to see, man. And I'll tell you something that wasn't strong. Loki season two episode one, wow! Is it? <laughs> oh, dude, I liked the original Loki season one. Season season two, you know what it was? It was a lot of running around and a lot of talking, and a lot of talking about last season. Something I hate when a season kicks off. I always say you've got to give it fresh impetus. You, you're going to have new viewers. You know what I mean? Along with the old viewers, you've got to give it its own identity in a way and and get moving. They do the opposite. Yeah. But you know what, this is, okay, so I really like watching videos on good writing, right? Because obviously I am busy writing something at the moment and I'm not a natural writer, you know what I mean? Like, um, so I like to watch things on like how to to write well. And sometimes you do see some of the cringier shit. And it's also because one, today people don't trust, like, well, it's not today, but some writers have a problem of trusting their audience. Do you know what I mean? Or they're not capable of kind of doing a recap and or whatever without like massive, you know, uh, dump of, of, of dialogue and exposition, all this sort of stuff. And I saw one bad example where um, in Ahsoka, right, mm. when she's uh, comatose or whatever and she's flashing back, having that sort of vision to... Um, the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars. She, she She's in a kid and then she's looking around and she goes... This is the Clone Wars. And you almost go, you don't have to fucking say that. That was, like, that was pretty bad, that bit. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. that. It's that thing of, like, I don't trust the audience. I, I I, have to assume that the audience are idiots. And I'm like, you don't have to. Like, you see, it would have been have funny faith. if she'd gone, this is season two, episode three of the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'd be like, oh, my God, this reminds me. Yeah, like, it's like, Jesus, you know what I mean? No, that yeah, that's a good scene, and it was uh, it was uh, I can unfortunately cut down a little bit when she goes, "It's the Clone Wars." It's like we know it's the Clone Wars, like <laughs> so good, like even I know that. You know if what I mean? Not, like, just wait. I'm sure that you can you can relay that information without having a character just like yeah, spurge it out like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now uh, I will say that compared to uh, Loki season two episode one, that scene in the Clone Wars was a fucking masterpiece compared to, <laughs> dude. If you just want to watch Owen Wilson and whatever his name is, Tom Hiddleston, just run around like just run around, almost like hijinks, like Benny Hill show, just running around corridors. Um, that's what the episode was, and a lot of chatting 
about last episode. Like, it was a lot mm. of... It, dude, what it was, was a lot of hot air and nothing. Like, really, it just felt like they just didn't almost... It's almost like they finished filming and then they're like, okay, we're shooting season two next week, you know? But you know what's so annoying about that, right, is that that is... Um, that's fine for weekly TV, right, where someone might be tuning in for the first time, mm. like a comic, or, you know, or the last time they watched it was sort of a week ago. But I kind of feel like, listen, this is streaming. Mm. If I don't know what you're talking about, I can literally just go and watch the previous episode. Yeah. Or, yeah. or show. I don't, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not that hard. Like, back in the day, yes, if, you, if it's in the 90s or whatever, if I missed last week, that's it, I missed it. Yeah. I've got to try and wait for a rerun or, you know, a replay. But if I missed it, then yes, I understand that you might want to catch me up a little bit, mm. you know, like previously on blah, 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 because I might not be able to watch the previous episode if I missed it. But with streaming, it's different. Don't, you, your audience can go back and watch. You don't have to do all this. Yeah. Like, well, you know, it was shit of like it was in, in in all honesty, Rich. It was poorly done. Um, and what's frustrating was I enjoyed season one, like overall. I, I, the, I did, yeah. the ending might have been a bit lackluster, um, but overall, I found it was a really fascinating kind of different take, much like One Division was as well. It was as you know they really went for something, whereas this. It just—it honestly felt like they didn't have a story. They had the bare bones from what was left over, and I don't know. It just—it just wasn't good. I was disappointed by it because I really enjoyed. Now, it this obviously it might pick up, but I really felt it was a misstep to come out with a season two, episode one, and be so referential, but not in a very interesting way. Just like a lot of like, remember what happened, and you know that kind of stuff. Like that's what it felt like. Well, well member berries is what they call it. Yeah, but not even interesting ones. Like yeah, know, and stuff that like really should have been in previously in Loki. You know, like in the two seconds, you know, the the ten second tease beginning of the episode, which a lot of shows have could have covered it. Um, yeah, no, a very poor opener. Uh, I'd probably give it a four out of ten. I thought it was actually. If I if I I always think if I'm a new viewer, and I've decided to hop on board the Loki train, this would have been oh, no thanks. You know, um, it, it it did itself a disservice. Nothing to do with performance. The performers are all the same. They're doing all the same stuff. It's weirdly, you know what? It also felt tired. Now I don't know how many episodes there were in the original season, but they can't have been more than about eight or nine. I don't know. They just don't have a story and. It's the typical Marvel thing. They don't want to do too big of a story because they don't want... They want to give you, as I've said before, Rich, a soup that's very, very weak, you know? Um, well, yeah, they don't want to be locked into anything on the TV shows. Yeah. Oh, God, God forbid that they, 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 they give you something meaty and important in a fucking TV But, like, show. you can still do a better job. And, and like, I always... No, I'm saying it sarcastically. Right? Yeah, no, no, I, I know. And I always think, I always think of this. One of my favourite shows... In the eighties, I mean, honestly, was Magnum PI ran for eight years, was huge. Now, in Magnum PI, you know what didn't happen? At the start of every episode, they didn't spend fucking twenty minutes talking about the episode before. You know what I mean? Like, and they would have done twenty to twenty-five episodes per season. Um, there was a formula, yeah, there was a formula, but episodic TV can work and work very well, and. There's no excuse. Like I totally get it. Like a show, I, I totally get an overarching arc and all that stuff. But 
You've got to come out of the gate each season. Everyone knows this in TV. I don't care if it's streaming or if it's terrestrial or whatever it is. You're coming out with a new season that's dropping. You've got to hit hard on the first episode because otherwise, uh, you know, viewers just drop off anyway and they really drop off. They, they tune out. And I couldn't even tell you what happened in Loki season two, episode one, because as I said, it was a lot of running around the corridors, man, almost like Benny Hill, you know? Like, just yeah. running around, and it was just like, yeah, okay. And, you well, know. Well, I mean, I the, uh, we'll talk about this later. There is definitely, I think they definitely have in, both in the Marvel and the Star Wars, they are definitely having diminishing returns right now. Oh, definitely. And I would say even more so in um, Marvel, I think. You know, I, I, I really think. Well, that's also been going around a lot longer and does feel like it's kind of just spinning its wheels. Like, yeah. And now we're like, going to... Oh, we've got to do something Marvel, but we don't really know what we want to do. But what I don't understand is, like, there's plenty of good writers, and they had a hit with Loki Season 1. So how do you drop the ball that badly in the first episode of Season 2? Like, how is that even possible, like, to me? Like, it wasn't like it was a... It was it was considered one of the stronger Marvel shows. It had a lot of... um, It had a lot of bounce, you know? When people were slamming on some of the other stuff, but I, I just don't understand how you it declined so badly. Like, it was quite... It was almost unwatchable, to be honest. It was it was that boring that... And it's, it's not Owen Wilson or Tom Hiddleston's fault. Like, they're performing what they're given and they're fine. And so is the other girl in it. Like, they're fine. But the material is just really bland, you know? Mm. It was like being given was fucking very bland porridge. And you're just like, you know what? I don't really need to eat this. There's a lot of other options. Um... Anyway, that's Loki Season 2. I'm giving the first episode a 4 out of 10. I will watch Episode 2 because it can only get better. But I I will drop off if it doesn't. Well, you know. yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I agree with it can only get better, but well, I do agree it, that it yeah. could get better. Like You would hope it gets better, but yeah, put it this way, I won't be slaving through. I don't love it that much. You know, um, yeah, I don't love it that much, but I, I just felt that, like, whatever choices they made was just, like, wrong, wrong, wrong. You know, they really, they really fucked it up. Now, um, big news about Daredevil Born Again. You broke it to me, uh, Rich. They're five, the lead writers, uh, amid a mm. major creative overhaul. Um, report claims Disney Plus executives are looking to change the way they approach shows developed for the MCU, given the decline in viewership for these series, as was the case with Secret Invasion. Um, they will be moving to develop content in a more traditional way moving forward. And, uh, yeah, so they, they find the writers and the showrunner. Um, I was reading about it. Uh, in essence, um, what's his name? Feige apparently saw, I think, four episodes that they'd filmed, and it was just not considered up to standard, and apparently they were going for a, a legal procedural rather than action, and apparently he was just like, no, this just isn't good enough, you know? Uh, it's kind of funny when you hear them say... Um it wasn't up to snuff because I'm like quite a few shows are not up to snuff. Like from being well, honest, but, like, but maybe they've they've yeah. But that's the thing, dude. Like corporates move slowly. You know they really do, mm. and and they they they're not quick to seize on feedback. And but when they do, they, they may have yeah, finally but, woken I mean, up. But, but but you know what? But I, I kind of I kind of disagree a little bit there because yes. Mm. I agree with what you've said, but technically Feige is that guy who's got all the power. He doesn't really need to yeah. 
you know, he's not really um, reined in by the corporates. He's the one that gets to make all the decisions. But maybe he's, he's only been outsourcing. To... A, maybe he's been outsourcing a lot of stuff. I don't know. Man. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Know, like, who knows? But like, uh, we could say. I think generally, more often than not, the Marvel TV shows in recent years have mostly been kind of disappointing. You know, mostly. I mean, there've been some exceptions, but they certainly haven't been that compelling. You know, and anyway, so apparently they decided to do a legal procedural. What I don't understand is, surely that would have already gotten back to Feige in the first place in their pitch. So that can't have been a surprise. And mm. it almost makes sense, because they, they had more episodes. I was actually quite hopeful, because what I said to you was, give me a 22-episode season, like in the old days. Give me 22 episodes of Punisher. Give me a, you know, there's enough Daredevil stories that you could do 22 episodes of Daredevil. You know, like, easily. Like... It doesn't need to be six episodes with one story that you string out. Give me multiple stories, and et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, apparently that was that's the word, um, that they weren't doing the action of Daredevil you know, on Netflix. They were going for legal procedural. He didn't like it. He canned everybody. Um, and then we're trying to marry the traditional Marvel culture with the traditional television culture, says Brad... Winderbaum, Marvel's head of streaming television animation. It comes down to how can we tell stories in television that honour what's so great about the source material? Other plans they hope to make going forward is to hire actual showrunners to handle their properties. It's hilarious they haven't had that. <laughs> up until now, the Marvel shows featured on Disney Plus were run by executives. I mean, that's always going to fuck up at a certain point. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I know that they can do, uh, you know, so much, but if you're running purely by execs, who aren't super connected to the creative process, that will hit the rocks, you know, eventually. Like, um, as such, it will allow shows... So I think, but I think also the, what they need to do is they need to allow, especially the, 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 the streaming shows, mm. they really need to allow these streaming shows to develop their own voice. Totally, yeah. Right? And not just be like, oh, it needs to fit into the MCU, so it's got to feel the same, it's got to have the same humour, it's got, you know what I mean? got to have the same structure no it is streaming like it's it's separate you know what i mean could, as i said can you imagine if every comic felt exactly the same doesn't matter whether you're Which, in superman batman unfor- wonder woman uh, totally yeah and unfortunately you know, in marvel you, that's often the feeling with it yeah unfortunately in marvel comics that is often the, how it feels now you know yeah and that's what i'm saying like if they want to do well i think they need to allow yeah get showrunners and let the showrunners build yeah what they want to build do you know what i mean what they what what they envision for it's like the swamp uh, thing show. show that you like is very different in tone to the flash tv show you know like yeah well that's that's the thing it's so sad because i kind of feel like dc warner brothers if they just stuck to their guns they could have you know because you had doom patrol which is was very macabre and but weird and funny yeah do you know what I mean? And and then you had uh, Swamp Thing, which is very dark. Yeah. You know, a bit more horror sort of laden. You know, uh, then you got like your Teen Titans, which is again a little bit more. It is a little bit more edgy, but it is a bit more teeny drama. Yeah. Uh, type of action, and then you had like your Flash, you know, and 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 stuff, which is a little bit very more superhero centered. You know, and then and then just recently you had the Superman stuff. I kind of and then now you got the Peacemaker, which is just uh, crazy you know, juvenile. Um, humor, but and again, and but what's good is if I don't like, let's say I don't like Peacemaker, right? I go, This is childish, I don't like it. I can find something else because each show is different that I can be attracted to at least one of them, probably. 
totally. But if every show feels the same, then I'm like, well, I don't feel like I keep watching. Like, I feel like I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, it's the same shit. I'm kind of getting a bit bored with it. Like, they need to diversify. They really do. And especially, you know, I understand they don't want to take risks on the, um, the movies now because I feel like they've got the, you know, the, the, the formula down. But, geez, you've got to take some risks on your TV shows, man. On, on totally agree. And, and also, I'll say this, like, it's diversifying. I've said this for years. Like, the, 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 the whole media production need to actually diversify properly and, and, and spread the, the risk around. And, and because the, even the even the She-Hulk, which is supposed to be like you know uh, more comedic and breaking the mm. the fourth wall, it still felt like a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Because it, it had did. the same jokes. It did, and it, was, it had the same feel. I know you didn't like it, but it was one of my more more favorite no, ones in a week. Bunch, you know? Even something like that that should have been vastly different. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. It still uh, felt the same. Anyway, um, as shared by Winderbaum, just tying to what you're saying, which they want these projects to work beyond the fact that it ties into other projects or if they're going to be in a movie or it's setting up an Avengers film. It's like, no fucking kidding. Like, people don't want... This is what they've been doing a lot. Six or seven episodes of pretty slow stuff that's like a soft burn advertisement for the latest fucking movie. And it's like, honestly, we don't need six hours of advertisement for your shit character. You know, like, give us good stories. I, I firmly believe that most... Maybe not all, but the vast majority of characters, if given a, a, a good creative team, good actors, etc., can do a decent show. Like, like the right writers' room, the right showrunner, the right actors, you can make a decent show if you don't worry so much about all these tie-ins. Because, dude, it's not like the tie-ins are that fucking great. You know, like honestly, like it. Sometimes I roll my eyes because I'm like, it's it's. Like, it's not like these tie-ins are so fucking amazing. It reminds me of all the publicity uh, for uh, Thor. No, sorry, for Guardians being in the last Thor movie. And they were in it for five seconds. And you were like, what a fucking lot of fucking, you know, sort of like an attempt to sort of tie in. Like, they just did a cameo, but it was all in the ads. And so many people were like, man, their cameo was tiny, you know? Mm. And that's how the shows feel. Like, I, I feel for all this setup. Like, and all this, like, oh, wow, well, we're, we're building into the bigger narrative. Like, the effect of their stuff is very minor. Like, it's mm. not like it's that ground-shaking where you're like, man, I needed to see Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That was essential. I can barely fucking remember what happened. You know, like, they mm. fucking argued about who should wear the shield. Like, it wasn't that fucking exciting. Um, you know, and the biggest thing would probably be the creation, this very slow, ponderous creation of the Thunderbolts by... Um, the chick from Seinfeld, you know? And if that's your biggest takeaway, Rich, it ain't that big, you know? Yeah. Like, it's that's it, to me, that's minor league stuff. So, anyway, they've, I, in a way, it, it's so funny because I actually am like, if you had 22 episodes, you could build in stories about Daredevil being a lawyer and still have action. It doesn't need to be either or, you know? Like, because mm. part of, I'm not a Daredevil expert, but I guarantee you there's been a lot of storylines where his Daredevil, sorry, his lawyering ties into his Daredeviling, you know? Mm. And, like, it just feels like that kind of, it works. Oh, the other thing was apparently Charlie Cox didn't wear the suit until, like, episode four or five, and Foggy hated that, and I tend to agree with Foggy. Like, it's a Well, day, especially know. if you've put him in the suit already. Like, if, yeah. if the suit exists, 
Right. So obviously with the first Daredevil season, which Netflix did it, mm. of course it took him till the end of the first season to be in the suit because you're building up to that. Mm. But if he's already in the suit, that horrendous fucking yellow and like it. red one, you know, because again, sometimes what looks good on page doesn't sure. always translate well to screen. But if he's already in costume in She-Hulk, then yes. Why on earth are you taking four episodes yeah, I don't know. to see him in, in his costume in, in his own show? Like, that's just, that's ludicrous. It made no sense. So, anyway, that's the um, that's the news there. And it's a developing story. I mean, I'm still, well, I mean, I hope this means more Punisher, frankly. If you're going to inject more action and Punisher was already... Well, which Punisher, man? Would I give you the new Punisher, Dave? It, no, it's John Berthenall, man. Like, this is the other thing. I hope Disney get off their ass and realise this bullshit about Frank Castle not being Punisher is fucking yesterday's news. If he comes out of if they come out of the gate strong with with Frank Castle Punisher, I'll be all for it. Like I I enjoyed the Daredevil Netflix show and the Punisher shows. I I I genuinely I I think they're a lot better than most of the Disney Plus shit. You know, they're not perfect, but I I enjoyed them. You know, I thought they were very enjoyable. Um, so give me more fucking Punisher and give me more fucking action and et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry, I just I don't I don't rate that dude. So never did anything what? for me. John Perthenal? Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. I mean, Rich, sometimes... I, I thought, I, honestly, wow. I rate him lower than both Thomas Jane and uh, Ray Stevenson as the Punisher. Well, I like both I of do. those guys too. So, fucking, is Thomas Jane still alive? Uh, Ray Stevenson's dead. Yeah. Well, I... Uh, sadly, Ray Stevenson passed away. I, I and you know what? Know. He was the only thing that even got me even remotely like, ooh, maybe I will watch some Star Wars. And then he died. I was like, nah, okay, well, no point in me getting invested now. Yeah, he passed away, man, big time. Um, well, I don't know, man. Like, your comments on um, John Berthenall certainly unappreciated here. This is fresh off loving this oh, last I appreciate week. them. Well, no, you might, maybe you just solo <laughs> you, man. Like, But, yeah, what can I say other than no? Again, I didn't say he was terrible. I just said he's overrated. That's all. I mean, where's the dump button, man? Like, seriously, sometimes, Rich, I know you want to do a hot take, you want to annoy me, that's all very clear, and then it's like, you come up with that and... I just think, I think he was born to play a scummy villain. I don't think he's born to, to, to play a badass vigilante hero. I just well, don't I think he's he just looks like a scumbag. Dude, I want him on the show, and you're not invited. He's really good in Baby Driver. He's a real piece of shit in that. He's really good in that. He's good in that. He's good in fucking Walking Dead. He's good in Wolf of Wall Street. He's fucking good all around. And I'll say this. If if I get John Berthel on the show, and I am trying to get him, um, you're not invited, Rich, if these are your comments. That's fair enough. Yeah, you know, he'll be like, where's Rich? I go, not here, man, not here. It's just just a solo album. And and I'll 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 treat it if if I'm on I'll treat it like um you know Zach Galifianakis between two yes, ferns yeah 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 so so how how do you cope with being overrated John <laughs> <laughs> Jesus man like sometimes Rich like I again I just paid him a compliment I said he was really good in Baby Driver I don't understand why you you think that I hate the guy I just think he's a bit overrated as the Punisher yeah. what do you want from me not that the opposite of that but anyway. <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on from Richard's very controversial comments, uh, which I disown completely. Um, Jeff Johns has announced a new imprinted image. I thought he had one. Anyway, it's called Ghost Machine. 
along with Peter Tomasi, Brian Hitch, Gary Frank and others. This will continue John's unnamed universe, which includes Geiger and Junkyard Joe. Oh, okay. So he, he, they're probably doing it as a joint one now. So I think, yes, he did have his own one, but I think he's now doing it with them. And so they're doing it like, kind of like uh, Image did it back in the day with the um, the artist, you know. I uh, think, image. I think Michael might have put this in because then he's got John's may have forgotten, forgotten. He already has an imprinted image called Bad Ghost, which has produced a whopping seven comic books in the last two years, only two of which are worth reading. <laughs> that's actually funny. Um, I liked Geiger. 72 years independent. That's better than some people have done. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I liked Geiger, Volume 1. I, I'd be down for more of that. I felt it was a shame that um, he sort of seemed to... I don't know, get distracted and not finish right. it. But here's the thing, okay, but can I tell you something that is probably slowing things down for a lot of these independent guys, which I think maybe some people don't. COVID? Maybe they forget. COVID? No, no, not just that. So a lot of these guys are not getting regular work anymore, hey? Mm. So they got to pay the bills somehow first. So they got to pay the bills first before they can sure. probably of do all their shit, which is, of course, slowing things down. Because, again, if they were all, like, uh, uh, working, getting money, you know, probably still in the industry. Yeah, they probably could be pumping out a little bit quicker. But, but he's pretty in the industry still, Jeff Johns. Not really. I mean, yeah, currently now he's do, he was he did uh, he's doing justice, but he was gone for like quite a while, man. Well, he was an like, exec for a while as well. Yeah, know? but I'm just saying, like, I don't, I I think maybe you know everyone's trying to do their own thing. Mm. It's very hard to get everyone together. I mean, it's different when you work for a company. You just kind of put together, and there, here you go. Here's your talent. There's your paycheck. Go make a comic book. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's your paycheck. It's probably it, it is def much d difficult when it's a bit more independent. And, and if you're again, balancing, uh, you know, other responsibilities, like he had a full time gig at, at you know Warner's for quite a while, plus yeah, he was doing yeah, work until until Crayball came along. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, who could forget Cryborg with his like insane mission of vengeance that no one really understood? And um, but also he was doing some work at DC. I'm sure he's got a lot of responsibilities. And then it's the time getting the right. Yeah, as you say, getting the yeah. artist. I mean, do I do I wish that he would pump it out a bit more regularly and you know get it done? Sure. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it is what it is. If, you, if it was a genie and Aladdin, would that be one of your wishes, or would you not waste a wish on that? No, I, I, as much as I like John's, I think I've got bigger things to. Do you reckon? I think I've got bigger things to wish for, man. Do you reckon I could wish Gardner Fox back to life? And imagine if he came back like as a sort of zombie undead, but I chained yeah, him to yeah, a typewriter. I don't think he'd appreciate that. No, but but like he's like he's like, hello, young man, and I'm like, yeah, hey, man, how are you? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. And I go, just get behind this. What's this newfangled thing? I go, it's a computer. You can do scripts, man. Just pump a few out, and he'll, I'll give you sandwiches, Gardner. And he's like, oh, okay, dear boy. And he just picks up where he left oh, off. Man. He picks up where he left off from like 1964. <laughs> he just starts pumping out scripts. Goes, I like this one. Oh, imagine you bring him back and he's like, "You fools! You, you know, you've threatened the continuity of of the universe. Don't you know what I, what I've been battling on the edges of reality?" And you're like, "Oh shit! What the well, fuck?" Have I imagine if he, if he was like looking at the modern DC. He's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> he's you like, brought me back for this. He's like, "Oh my god, what's happened?" <laughs> oh my god, where's Kurtzwan? Why do you torture me so? <laughs> Like under Fox, just banging his head against. The, he says, "Bring my typewriter. I'm going to fix this." <laughs> Starts pumping out scripts. Um, yeah, man, we wish we could. I, I think I would wish that. Why? Why not? I, I kind of want him to come back, not fully undead, but definitely like a bit grumpy. 
You know what I mean? And like, I'll be like, you, I'll be like, your family is dead, Gardner. All you've got left are the comic books. And he's like, okay. <laughs> There's nothing left for you out there, Gardner. It's a wasteland. Yeah. As much as I wish, I don't think it would play out that easy for you. Oh, I don't know, man. He's a pretty pleasant guy, I think, from memory. Uh, from the conversations I had with his biographer. Seemed like a pretty chilled guy. Take him down. Yeah, that was before he died. You're bringing him back to life in a zombified you, body. You could probably get where DC is like in the toilet. I don't know if that goes as well. The as comeback. Imagine the comeback. Gunner Fox. And there's a picture of like a slightly zombified Gunner Fox. And apparently he didn't smoke a pipe. He had like cigarellos. Um, apparently he smoked those as he was as okay. he was writing and stuff. Um, Michael Kellersham has a question for you, Rich. Uh, obviously playing. Oh, by the way, South Africa and Australia played last night in the World Cup. Mm. South Africa fucking hammered us. I watched the whole game. Well, uh, no, sorry. I watched it, Australia was 70 for six, and that's what even I was like, I've had enough. <laughs> I was like, we're chasing 312. And at 70 for six, with all our best batsmen out, I went, you know what? Yeah, I'm going I, to bed. I kind of wish I had stayed up now because I watched the first innings and I was like, wasn't super happy with that performance. You know really? what I mean? Three. Did you guys well, do well? What did we do? No, I think look, the cock got off to a good start. I mean get in a century, but we did flounder at the end there. Like Yeah, you could I thought you were last, gonna, I thought you were gonna score about fifty more than that actually. Yeah, that that last sort of fifteen ish overs we 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 threw away a lot of wickets. Uh we really could have scored a bit higher if we'd played better. So I was kinda like, Oh yeah. chasing three hundred and eleven, Aussies, yeah, I can bat deep. I'm like, eh, screw it, I'm just gonna go to bed. Uh I'll wake up and watch the highlights and see how much we lost by. <laughs> and then I woke up and I saw the results and I was like, what? Oh, you absolutely like, hammered us. You yeah, absolutely. I should have stayed up. Yeah, you, you hammered us, man. And and unfortunately, I could see the writing on the wall. Um, now, anyway, so that's a winner. And I was going to bet a lunch on it, but I wasn't too confident, which is why I didn't put it out there. I was I was going to bet a lunch, but I <laughs> and you know, which describe me as a pretty one-eyed Australian fan, Rich? I think I am, yeah. you know. Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, at the start of the World Cup, if you had told me that we would have beaten, um, uh, thrash uh, New Zealand, was it New Zealand? No, Sri Lanka. Thrash no, no, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka yeah, yeah, we that we would have set records. Yeah, uh, playing Sri Lanka and then beating Australia, and Australia lost their first two opening games. I would have said you, you're mad. You're crazy. Well, unfortunately, as the Australian fan going in, I knew that India was going to be very tough, and I you got you, you guys are always tough, so. I look. Am I very disappointed? Yes. Uh, am I? But you still got seven, uh, five more games. I think you got five more games. Is are they playing seven or nine? Nine, I think. Um, nine. Okay, so you still got seven. It's a long. It's a long World Cup. It is a long World Cup. Hopefully, we can scrap it. Now, the question is for you, Rich, about um, South African. He says, "Is your accent common among South Africans, mm-hmm. or have you picked up an Aussie dialect when speaking?" Because I'm wondering how it is. I can understand everything you say. But only half of what Elon Musk says. You've got a very good speaking voice, Rich. I've always thought. Oh no! So the problem with Elon Musk is he doesn't he doesn't open his mouth. Right. Um, watch watch Elon Musk when he's talking, and you'll see that he's like he, he's like this. So uh, yeah, we we kind of didn't you know really think of that. Like so, he speaks softly and he right. barely opens his mumbles his mouth. Um, and so yes, when you when you do have an accent and you're not really opening your mouth to pronounce. Your words and you are you talk soft. You know he's very soft spoken. Mm. Yeah, even I struggle to be like, what the hell is he saying? Like yeah. you have to really concentrate. Um, my accent is um, common amongst more English speaking um, South Africans. Obviously, you've got much thicker Afrikaner. Um, 
Do you speak speak Afrikaans, though, don't you? You can speak? Yeah, I mean, these days I can... I can understand it more than I can speak it, only because right. I don't so get an. Op- I don't really get like an opportunity to speak it so much. So, I've got to that point now after twenty years where I'm like, ah, shit, what's that word again? Yeah, you know what so I mean. Like, he, but, when, you, when you're talking to your dad, it's just in English, yeah. Yeah, uh, but when if when he says something to me in Afrikaans or when he sends me a joke or something, it's in Afrikaans. I can read it perfectly. So, gotcha. I still I still understand Afrikaans. I can still read Afrikaans, but sometimes now. When, if I want to put a sentence together, I actually have to go, ah, oh, crap, wait. Yeah, how's it go? I said Afrikaans word again. You know what I mean? It doesn't come to me as easily as it did when I was living there because I was speaking it more then. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so, I've yeah. got a question. That guy who comes in at number three for you on the team, what's his name? Van someone? The Dutch-looking guy? Tall, very tall guy? The, the number uh, three batter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the guy that you're talking do, do about. You, do you know much about this guy? Because he looks dangerous to me. Obviously, um, de Kock's always been dangerous. But this this guy, he 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 can play, this guy. this He's he's 34. He's very tall. Um, I'm just bringing him up. I was just wondering if you knew any information about it. Rassi Van Dusen. Rassi Van Dusen. Uh, yeah, it's a, a, a Van Dusen. So no, Van der, Van der, sure, hang on, let me find his He was name. born in Transvaal, which is... His it's it's Van der, and then... Where's the team? He, he's very much a journeyman cricketer who's now oh, become a really players. good player, you know? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Unfortunately, I don't know too many of these players because I'm just a bit more... Mm. Well, dude, um, I, I think you're dark horses for this World Cup. I mean, I do, I do know De because he was still playing when... Very good player. Uh, when, when, I was, when I was watching... Are you going to hop on board now, man? I think you guys are pretty good. Like, honestly, I... Th- I... I'll, I'll, I'll watch it when I can and then catch highlights when I can because obviously it's the World Cup. Mm. But uh, I wouldn't say that they're like... Do you, you feel know, like, like you've got a handle on the World Cup now? Do you feel like this is your year? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. You've been no. burnt too that, many I'm times. For those listeners uh, in yeah, the US... So it's uh, yeah. it's uh, Funder uh, Dusen. Okay. So Funder Dusen. Okay, he's a good player. Um, he averages fifty-seven in. in he's played fifty-one matches and he averages fifty-seven. That's pretty good with a strike rate of very close to ninety. So, yeah, good. I've watched him. He's uh, he's looking good. Um, and look, I'll be honest with you. What what I've watched, I'm like, okay, the team's not terrible. But then again, South Africa's never had a terrible team. The problem with South Africa is they are just mass. They can be, they are a bit like the West Indies. Yeah, you know, massive cold. amounts of talent, but terribly, terribly inconsistent. Yeah, no, true. They don't do themselves justice. Sometimes they lose so badly, you can't believe it. You know. Yeah, and then other times they smash people. Yeah. Like when we play Sri Lanka there, and we set records. You know, well, the yeah. like I think it's about the first time that the th- like three opening batsmen have all scored a century. Yeah. Like Foster's century, Foster's. You know, for, like we are that good. But then yes, then we'll go and get like. We'll go lose a, a, a series four nil. Well, what's or five nil, and just play like a bunch of wallies. Like, if we assume that Australia, this isn't their World Cup. It doesn't look like this Aussie team's going to mount a big challenge. I think England, India, and you coming in at three are the are the big dogs on the block, and, and definitely you guys yeah. are not you de- are dark horses. But on your day, I, I reckon. England and India need to be worried. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, you guys will definitely get to the semis with a full head of steam. You're going to play India yeah, and England look, before then. Look, we, we certainly don't... Yeah, we're not saying that we'll, like, flame out. 
No. Like, that has happened very rarely. But, yeah, I mean, would, would I say, yeah, we're going all the way to the finals, maybe we'll even win it? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, we've been, we've been down that road too many times to be, sure. like, optimistic, I'm afraid. Well, only a few months ago I was saying, where's Peter Kirsten? Turns out he's not needed, you know? Uh, so far, again, it's only been two games. Let's not uh, <laughs> let's not put the uh, the cart before the horse. <laughs> I do all the time with the Aussie team. <laughs> yes. it's a sign of my uh, lack of confidence that I didn't put a lunch on it because I was going to send you that text and then I thought, you know what, I, I just feel like I'm going to lose. You think you didn't? Oh, I was I was about to, and I was like, mm, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out. Uh, <laughs> gonna sit a few plays out. <laughs> I was like, the, I was like the guy at the table who's like, should I go and should I go and hit the bank account again, or should I just leave the casino? I was like, I better just leave. Yeah, you saw the odds, and you were like, mm, yeah, maybe I was not. like, it's not my night. Uh, now, uh, this is interesting. Hugh Jackman is apparently writing a tell-all healing memoir with huge oh, bombshells. Um, he says he's being finally honest with himself. Um, it's very like. Interesting. Uh, and, and Michael asks, will he confess his undying love for Ryan Reynolds? I'm sure he will. And will he admit the reason he's been ducking a signal to Doom interview? Look, hey, we're still in negotiations right now. Um, so there's no ducking. Uh, Hugh's a busy man. I'm always ready, day or night, you know, just to, just to get the bat signal, uh, the Wolverine signal. Um, the book, though, Rich, what do you think about this healing tell-all memoir? I know he had a very tough childhood. Uh, the, his mother um, essentially... Abandoned the family, in fairness. It's quite sad. And his dad raised him, who passed away a few years ago. So I'm sure that'll be a big part of it, you know? Yeah. I, okay. I mean, I don't know. Look, maybe I shouldn't say anything. You take you take things I say about yeah. you a bit yeah, too... Yeah, I do. Exactly. A bit too much to heart. Exactly. So, yeah, Rich is... Rich is actually, nice to see you, Rich. You've actually restrained from whatever comment you were going to make. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just... If I was in his shoes, I don't know if I'd be putting... The, the dirty press out there, you know, the dirty laundry. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. I think it's a bit weird that he's got a book ready right after his um, divorce breakup. So I yeah. thought that's a bit weird. Well, I just don't feel like th- there's a huge need for it. Like, it's not like he's hurting for money. So, like, does he, you know, you know what I mean? Like, does the public need to know all the inner workings kind well, of thing? I don't know. Actors need public for healing, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> they need healing. They need healing. Hey, and then the tension. The tension I, is what I heals need. Them, I need so. some healing. People go buy Demon Sulfide. I need some fucking healing too. Um, mm. Now, um, signal abductions. So, what was your abduction, Rich? You got something. What was it you said? Uh, yeah, JB Hi-Fi was having a fifty percent off anime sale, and we picked up uh, five Ghibli movies. Excellent. Um, I'm not sure if I got anything um, this week, but. I am getting uh, the Superman, Man of Steel hardcovers two, three, and four um, next Please. week, and I've already got Man of Steel Volume One hardcover, so that will be mine. But Michael Kellishim um, announced one, which which was a book called Lincoln Spies: The Secret War to Save a Nation by Douglas Waller, the story of how Alan Pinkerton's detectives made the foundation of the Secret Service, which spied on the Confederates. Pinkerton actually foiled a a plot to kill Lincoln before he even took office. Great read. I've actually picked up the audio book, Michael, on your recommendation, and I think it sounds very interesting. It's very highly reviewed. Um, Also, Michael recommends A Stroke of the Pen by Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett, Rich, who did like the Discord novels and stuff, Good Omens. Um, These are his lost stories published in British newspapers under a pseudonym and recently discovered thanks to one fan who clipped out the story 
and held on to it for 40 years. The fan contacted the estate for more info on the story, which led to a hunt through thousands of newspapers in the British archives and led to these 20 stories being unearthed. The fan and the archivists all get credit in the book, by the way, forward by Neil Gaiman. He got the last coffee copy. Um, that's great. Um, I, I'm not a massive... Well yeah, I'm not a huge Terry Pratchett fan, but I know people love him. And I think it's really cool that, you know, they've managed to get these things. That reminds me, speaking of Gardner Fox, um, earlier, they put, he in the early, you know, Dragon Magazine, Rich, I don't know if you're aware of this, it was kind of like the role-playing Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I know it. In the early years of Dragon, um, Gardner Fox did a sword and sorcery, um, sort of short stories or sort of a novella, kind of like how Charles Dickens would do it, like a chapter per issue and stuff. And um, that's been collected on, you know, by his estate, and you can get it. I think it's called Nial of the Far Travels, and he also did a couple of sword and sorcery books, all of which I have on Kindle, and they're good. They're one of them's like a real Conan pastiche, and a real good one too. Um, you know, it's it's his own character, but clearly based on Robert E. Howard's Conan, and kind of his own version. Really good stuff. Much more gritty than you'd probably expect from Gardner Fox. Um, quite more sexual and stuff. Um, you know, and violent. Pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, so now, what's this? Financial analyst Valiant Renegade called for Walt Disney Company and Lucasfilm to scrap their recently announced Mandoverse movie to be directed by Dave Filoni following the poor ratings of Ahsoka on Disney+. Plus. I mean, no, I, I make it. I, I actually think a lot of the stuff he did there seems really interesting. I, I think he's got enough big concepts that it could be really good. Will it be good? I don't know. You know? Um, when is... Do we know when this movie's set? Is it set in... Is he, is he lining everything up? But it's, in the, it's in the Mando timeline. Okay, so what I'm trying to... Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a long time to get to my point. It, it, Mandal, Mandalor, Mandalorian and Ahsoka, is he setting all this up for a big movie featuring, like, Rosario Dawson and Pedro Pascal, etc.? Oh, probably. Good Lord, man. This, 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 uh, his claim well, to fame good. with Star Wars is Ahsoka, man. That's his... Well, I'd be down that, for that. that. That's his character. I'd be down for that, man. I, I only just realised this now. I, I don't know if... I, I guess I've been reporting on this news for weeks and not really realising the gravity of the situation. I'm like a guy yeah. who's reporting on Kennedy being assassinated and a week later realises he's talking about the president. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, got it. I don't um, know. I've lost a little bit of shine on Dave, especially when, I'm, when, when you look into it more and you realise he, he didn't write anything on Clone Wars. Didn't he? I thought that was no. his whole thing. No, no. He was more of a what do you want to call it, a creative director, consultant type thing. Now, again, I'm not saying that doesn't mean that he gets any credit, mm. but I think some people have maybe... Embellished. Yeah, maybe overestimated his uh, contribution to the writing. Sure. And, and stuff and all that, because... Look, here's the problem with Dave, is I think he's very good at... Um, he under, I get he understands Star Wars, okay? You know, he's he's worked with George Lucas. I think he gets it and as you said, yes, does he have probably good concepts, intricate concepts? But I think just like George, I think he needs someone else to to maybe handle the heavy lifting. Mm. Right? Because again, you look at you know, as much as I love Star Wars, the dialogue in the original movie is a little bit clunky compared to um sure. uh, Empire Strikes Back in Return of the Jedi because 
George is an ideas man. I don't think George is like maybe a dialogue man, you know, or or, or, or very nuanced. He's, he's very broader. Uh, this is this is the world. I'm painting the world. I'm creating the world. I'm creating the law, the history, mm. that sort of thing. Um, and I think Filoni is the same way. I think, yes, Filoni might have really good ideas, concepts, overall th- themes, but I just don't think he's... I don't think his characters, when he does them, when he writes it himself, is as deep as they could be or, or, or mm. uh, well fleshed out. Yeah, I, I could. I mean, having watched all of Ahsoka, I can tell you that the characterizations, they're thin, you know, <laughs> basically. They're, all, yeah. you know, they're shallow. They're, you, like, it's shallow characterizations in service of a story, which the story's actually got bits that are pretty cool. But. The characterizations, even of the leads, like Ahsoka, Sabine, and whatever the other chick's name is, with the, the green hot one with the sort of... Hera. I like her, man. I like that actress. Um, they, 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 I, I describe the characterization as shallow. You know, it's, 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 it's there. It's the bare basics, you know? It's the bare bones kind of thing. It's not deep stuff. But I did like a lot of the concepts, and I liked that Thrawn's back and if it's going to be like a Thrawn focused, you know, series of movies, I mean, I, I, I would be excited by that. I, I think that's a lot more interesting than the sequel stuff we got, you know, especially after the first force awakens. I think I would go into a film hoping for the best, you know, kind of as opposed to rise of Skywalker. I knew it was going to suck. I, and it, and it, it was worse than I expected but I had no confidence, whereas I feel like his stuff, I think it's got a decent chance of being pretty good, you know? Um, yeah, but I think if he wants it to be better, I think he needs to maybe let other people, better people do the right doesn't thing. Doesn't he work with Favreau? Doesn't, isn't Favreau all over it as well? No, for him and Favreau work on The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. But he, Ahsoka is his. Like, okay, right. Solely his. He's doing all the writing, all that sort of shit. Okay. Well, you know what? It's it's not terrible um, by any means. I, I've, you know, I mean, I just, I, I enjoyed it. Um, people were complaining about the end. I, I kind of liked it. I, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it, it was, I, I, I enjoyed it. Put it that way. It was, it was an enjoyable show to watch. Was it, should it win a fucking Emmy? No. Um, but also, they set stuff up, but stuff still happens in the season. So the stuff with Thrawn is actually pretty cool. You know, like, you're actually at the end, I was kind of like, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he, mischief he gets up to, kind of thing, you know? And I would say, if you're going to do a second season of Ahsoka before a movie, you've got to make the Thrawn guy speak a bit louder. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's a decent actor, I, I can see what he's doing, but he just needs to enunciate a bit clearer. You know what I mean? Like a Patrick Stewart because what he's saying is good and the acting's good, but it's a little subdued in the dialogue. So either you just need to maybe pump up his actual dialogue just to make it a bit crisper. That would be my tip. Um, because I did feel that it, it wasn't mumbling, but it was very sort of, it was very quiet, Rich, you know? Very, very Elon Musk. Yeah, but 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 needlessly because I, I, I could see what the actor's trying to do and I just think you need to pump that dialogue a little bit in the mix just to make it come across a bit better. That would be my one tip regarding Thrawn. Because, you know, he's going to be a big villain, man. Like, it's going to, he's going to be a serious threat, more so in a movie, I would think, too. You know, outside of the confines of TV, I would think in a movie you're really going to see the full throttle Thrawn, 
you know, where I assume he wins massive battles and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I, can I just say how much I hate that Stormtrooper that's wearing, like, the sort of mask? It's so fucking stupid. Um, Michelle said the same thing. Have you seen the Stormtrooper, Rich? He's wearing, like, a gold mask. Like, it's almost like something... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But so, it, see, the, the only issue I have, right, with all this work that they are doing mm. in in this timeline... Sure. It's all pointless. I knew, it's all you, I knew, I, I knew you were going to say that, man. I, I swear to God, I but knew But it really that. is, because think about it this way. What does it, okay, what does it matter how dangerous Thrawn is? We already know that it's the, the First Order that ends up being... Like yeah, the, the the major power got nothing to do with Thrawn. What does it matter what Ahsoka is doing and with the Jedi and whatever? Because there is no Jedi when we get to. Um, what does that, anything like, matter, man? What does anything matter? It's all fictional. We're all going to die. Know, but what I'm saying is, they spend it all this time, but it's like <laughs> I know it's you like mean. when I know you, mean. you know what I mean. Like you're building this road. But you know there's a cliff coming, but you're still going to build the road. It's like the fucking talking heads road to nowhere kind of thing. You know? Yeah, and that's oh, my only issue with it is that, nowhere. you know, okay, the, 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 put it this way. One of the great things about reading the legend stuff, right, mm-hmm. there was nothing afterwards. Yeah. So everything you were reading was like, wow, it's more. It's giving me more. I don't know where it's going. I don't know where the world's heading. Yeah. Is Luke going to be a master one day? Is he going to reform? Everything is new. But the problem with doing all this, filling in this work now, after you've done the sequels, yeah, do you know where it ends? It's you true, know man. that you, it's even more that this is pointless because you know that none of them amount to anything in the new movies. I wonder, yeah, I agree 100% with what you're saying. Um, I wonder if we'll get to a stage where they might retcon the sequels a little bit, you know? Mm. Um, it wouldn't well, maybe, I mean, that would be the smart thing, but then that's also admitting that you made a mistake and that you fucked up. Well, and, I think they've, and, they've, they've course-corrected so much that I think it's undeniable that they've made a mistake. Like, that's, yeah. you know. But, but again, when you come out and say that, oh, the only people that hate your movies are the racists and the sexists, if you then retcon, then it looks like you were saying, well, the racists and the sexists were right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know what? You I, kind of painted yourself into a corner. I, I think the funny thing is that they convinced themselves that that was the way to go, and now Disney couldn't be more fucking removed from that. Like, you don't hear anything yeah. about the sequels now that's just all this Mandalorian, you know, shit, like, forever. You would have thought Mandalorian's the only thing that ever came out. I just wonder if they might somehow retcon it be, for that exact reason, that... It's like, you know, wow, we we, we 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 went too far in the future with no plan, and we're finding a lot more uh, sort of um, success by doing post Return of the Jedi, and you know that world, and that's actually kind of like been you know pretty successful for them really, and maybe they'll recon it. That that wouldn't surprise me. That would I wouldn't be stunned. You know. And another thing that kind of annoys me is, especially the modern mm. Star Wars fans now, they have this attitude of, oh, fucking hell, just, you know, stop centering it around the Skywalkers. And I'm like, listen, firstly, mm. go fuck yourself. Secondly, <laughs> they are the main characters, okay? And that's something that the legends understood, okay? Mm. They understood that the Skywalkers, whether it be Leia or, you know, Luke, and by extension, uh, uh, Han, they are the main characters. So their story has to continue, and they have to be the focal point 
of the stories going forward. But that doesn't mean that you can't do other stories about other characters, mm. right, to fill in that world. But they are still the center. They are the center that moves everything forward that everything else can happen around. Mm. Now, because they forgot that with the sequels, they were just like, no, I mean, fuck it, kill Han, kill Luke, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're old, it doesn't matter. It's like, no, 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 you're myth. You don't understand Star Wars. Star Wars is about the Skywalkers. Yeah, but I, I can get, like, I can understand people saying, do other stories. Okay, okay, okay. okay. put it this way. Do you think Jim, a, a comic by Jimmy Olsen works if there's no Superman comic? No, what, just by itself? No, you still want the Superman comic, correct? Yeah, definitely. If they just gave you a Lois Lane comic and said, no, 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 listen, Superman's world is bigger than Superman. We don't need a Superman comic. Here's Lois Lane. You'd be like, no, I'm happy to get a Lois Lane, but I want my Superman comic as well. Yeah. Your I, main I know characters I are still your main characters. You need to look after them. And yeah, if they are looked after, then you can expand and say, right, now yeah, yeah, yeah. create a story about this character I want and this both. character. Sorry, I, what, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't saying, like, fuck Luke Skywalker and the Skywalkers. I was saying I want... I want. No, both. that's what I'm saying. I but you both. have to make yeah. sure that they are looked after first, yeah. before you can do that. Because if you don't look after them, I kind of feel like your base is is wobbly. Like it's yeah. not solid. No, well, yeah, dude. Yes, I mean, they have course corrected reasonably well, considering the mess they were in. The the mess they were in after Rise of Skywalker as a franchise was was quite dire. You know, really. I mean, really, it was because people people had turned. Hardcore fans and a lot of what I call beyond casual but not deep cut fans, like guys like me, we're, we're, we're probably medium level, but we're pretty loyal to Star Wars, you know? It's been brainwashed into us since we were kids. We love it. We turned on Rise of Skywalker. You know, we were just like, I was like, I don't fucking care about this franchise anymore. I don't care about this movie. I'm bored beyond belief. And they have course corrected and it took them time. And now I'm like, oh, I'm interested. You know, I'm not, like, fucking slobbering with anticipation, but I'm like, yeah, okay, you've, you've got me where you want me. Uh, impress me now. They've, so they've done that oh, reasonably. I mean, that maybe, yeah, we'll call you a tier. Yeah. Maybe your tier they have, not my tier. No, no, no. The, the, the deep, deep cuts they haven't. I agree with that. Uh, what I'm saying is that's what I'm saying reasonably successfully. They've, they've done a fair amount of work. But you are right uh, in the continuity of the movies – 20, 30 years, you know, after, I don't know what it's called, the Return of Jedi battle, whatever that's called, Battle of Endor, um, it makes no sense. Like, it never made any sense. Like, it's it's not... Like, they are trying to... That's one thing Filoni is trying to do. He's trying to tie the Warlords and uh, Moff Gideon and, and I assume Thrawn into what will be a resurgent First Order. Um as like and, a, and again, and, and as you say, how they've shot themselves in the foot, right? Mm. If you had just kept hard looking Leia, okay, mm. and 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 still centered the sequel stories around Leia's son or Luke's son, mm. you know, or, or whatever, um, but as long as they were still there as supporting characters of like, hey, they've done their job, mm. right? Because another a point that someone really made again, you cannot drastically change. Mm. A, a a important character like like Han and Luke, you cannot change them off screen. Oh, 100 percent agreed. Yeah. Like 30 years later, 40 years later, they change off screen, you don't get to see it. Because Sucks. then when you see them and you're like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. 
But if they had just looked after those characters, right, and said, okay, well, listen, Luke's going to be the, the, the wise Jedi leader. Mm. You know, he's there and he's going to offer support. Han, he's going to be the rogue who pops in every now and again. So, you know, ah, this is how we did it kind of shit and all that. Mm. Well, that's all they had to be in the movie. That's mm. it. That's all they had to be. And then when you did these TV shows now, mm. people would be excited because they'd be like, oh, I can't wait to see how Luke became the Jedi Master and what trials and tribulations he went through. I can't wait to see the adventures that... Han and Leia got up to, you know, did she become a smuggler with him? Did they yeah. go on event? But you don't care now because you're like, well, they were losers at the end. They died fucking oh, dude, it, was, it was terrible. Um, but that is also you know I mean? the, um, yeah, look, I agree with you completely. I mean, you know, I agree with you, like with all that stuff. That was horrible how they treated Han and, and Luke. It was, and, and even Leia. I mean, it was just woeful. Yeah. Like, it was just woeful. But, you know, the problem is, and I hate to say this, partly it's the human condition, the sheer age of the people and the fact they hadn't done a movie Star Wars movie in like 40 yeah, but, years, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Dave. You didn't, they didn't have to do anything in the movies. Yeah. They just had to have a cameo of like, Hey, I'm the Jedi master. Come see me if you need help. Hey yeah. kid, yeah, I'm about to go on an adventure. You have fun now. Mom and I'll see you later. That's yeah. it. That's literally all you had to do. Yeah. You even had to use them less. Sure. Dude, you, you, you're right, man. I like, there's no excusing that. I guess the thing is, when you're a creative and you're in charge of Star Wars, you can't undo, you, you or you can't delete those movies. All you can do is manage the deck you've been given, which is what they've done with Mandalorian and Ahsoka Tano. Like, they've managed the deck they've been given. And I, th- I think they've done a reasonably good job in rehabilitating the franchise. Not perfect by any means. I find a lot of Mandalorian quite boring. Um, but I do think they've done a reasonable job. And... You know, uh, that's, look, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not going to tell someone that they're wrong. Well, no, my, my point is, I, like, when I say reasonable, I mean that. I don't mean that they've hit a grand slam. They, when their new movie comes out, they've got to get that right because they didn't get any of the sequel movies right. They, they, they've run out of chances. You know, if this, if they're in the batting box, they're on the fucking last strike in the whole game. You know what I mean? In the last innings, um, if they want to make a serious ten, if they come out with a really fucking great movie, all's forgiven. You know, but will they do that? Um, based on what I'm seeing on the TV, I'll be surprised because it's still only it's seven out of ten. You know what I mean? Like it's not great or anything. It's like you know, like it's, it's decent TV, but it's still it's not amazing. You know. Um, mm. So anyway, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, man. Like at the end of the day, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see, man. It's 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 hard to predict. We shall see. Okay, so that's our weekly diatribe about fucking Star Wars. Um, do we know what the next... And I've got the next item I'm going to really rant on, so I'm saving up some energy. Do we know what the next Star Wars product coming out is? Is there a new next Yeah, show? the fucking Acolyte by um, Harvey Weinstein's... What? Ex, um, <laughs> what? Uh, uh, personal assistant. Okay. All right. Or former, former personal assistant, I should say. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not okay. making any exactly. Is it I'm called the Acolyte? It's called the Acolyte, yeah. And do we know anything about the story? Like what period of time this is? Um, I don't. All I know is that it's going to be queer, according to the showrunner. Okay. What do you mean, gay? Yeah. She is going to bring her gay lens to Star Wars, is what she said. Okay. I'm, I'm That's all I know. That's literally all I know. That's all she felt more, the need to tell us more, about. More so. than I know. I, I don't understand what that even means. Like, what, she's going to have a gay character in Star Wars? That might be the first I don't one. know. She, all she said when people said, what's it about? She goes, well, you can't expect me not to bring my queer lens 
to uh, a Star Wars property I'm working on. That's all I know that it's okay. about. That's, it. that's all the information bit. I have. I've got a little bit. I've got a little bit more than that. That's interesting what you said. Um, the Acolyte, okay, we understand it's an American show, yes. It's part of the Star Wars franchise set at the end of the High Republic before the events of the main Star Wars films. Um, uh, it's set in the end of the High Republic era in a world of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers approximately 100 years before The Phantom Menace. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes that the forces they confront are far more sinister than they ever anticipated. So not a lot of information. Um, but you know what, again... That's another failed thing that they just won't let go of. Mm. Kathleen Kennedy's High Republic. That's another thing they just won't let die. Oh, no one cares about it. It's going to consist of eight episodes and is scheduled to release on Disney in 2024. So there we go. That's all we know. Yeah. Another another failed thing they just... Ref- and that's why you say when you say, oh, they'll wreck on it. I, go, I don't think they will. Mm. Uh, they just don't want to let it die. Well, they don't want to let yeah. their bad ideas know. But to be honest, I mean, honestly, outside of... I know there have been some novels and comics, but has there been anything else in the High Republic that like mainstream fans like me could read or, or, or watch, sorry? There hasn't been anything, has there? No, other than the comics. Oh, maybe a novel or two? Yeah, there's definitely been a novel or two. Anyway, we'll see what happens, man. Um, here's some... You can do this next piece of news because I'm going to react. This Wizards of the Coast shit. <laughs> Give us the news, Rich, because you so, broke this uh, to me. You I broke got this, this and I was like, oh, I got a good one for Daisy. <laughs> yeah, you must have been rubbing your hands with this one, man. Fuck. So uh, here's here's some news for you, Davey. Mm. Wizard of the Coast is dropping the term witch from its games and it is looking and is possibly looking to drop druid and shaman as well. Do you want <laughs> like to know the reason, Dave? Because they are real-world religions and beliefs that would find these terms offensive to be used in a game. So I, I said this um, online to a few friends. Apparently, they're afraid of uh, offending the real witches and druids. Yeah, and shamans. <laughs> and shamans. But uh, firstly, it's such so fucking way, bullshit. This right? is, how long, is, how long is, has, has witches and druids and shamans been around in games? I stuff more than would now? say, I think, years? I think druids... And shamans and possibly witches have been in D and D since the start, actually, like the start of it. You know, in the seventies. Yeah. I don't remember anyone complaining. I'm no, trying I, to wrap dude, up this around. Is I don't such, remember any protests. Dude, this is such bullshit. And I also want to say to the real life, like fucking druids and witches. I don't think those guys are offended, or and girls are offended by this. I, I, I honestly think this is so fucking ridiculous. It, there's there's one more item in the show this week that's probably slightly more ridiculous than this, but not much. This is the stupidest thing ever. And I said, um, and I actually made this joke, I said, um, when will Wizards of the Coast fucking ban wizards as well? Because it seems they're, they're fucked over witches. What about wizards? Um, and then I said... Uh, about- they've got to get that Harry Potter money. And then I said, what about the word coast rich? You know? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like... A, I don't think anyone outside of about six people on fucking X, formerly Twitter, care at all about this. Also, I, I really don't get why witches and druids and shamans are offensive. I mean, what's a, I mean, a druid is, is like, a, from my memory, well, a druid's I, like I, in the forest. That, why would they find it offensive when they are not negative? Yeah, you can play as definitely druids and shamans. Like, like, witches aren't necessarily bad. For God's sakes, Harry Potter is wizards and witches. Well, the witch, um, witches, witches can be all sorts. You know, and to good, be fair, right? shamans and druids are generally 
good guys. I mean, yes, maybe you might get the odd evil shaman kind of thing, but most of the time they are all generally portrayed as nature-loving Well, dude, I mean, it can be all sorts in D&D. I mean, you can have, you can play... But but again, not just D&D, we're talking about, like, everything. It's not just D&D that has this. I mean, they are portrayed in in so many different properties and games and stuff and all that. Like, I don't hear anyone going, I'm a druid and I demand that you fucking stop... Well, Using the term druid in I, I would say out of D and D, yeah, I agree. Shamans and druids are, are depicted more positively. I would say witches get a badder rap in social culture, which is partly just blatant misogyny and sexism, you know. But um, yeah, the, the, it's just. Oh, I don't know. There's bad uh, men warlocks. They do. There are bad. warlocks. Hey, how come warlocks are fucking given a pass here? Like, yeah, warlocks. Maybe there's maybe there's not enough real life world warlocks. I don't know. Wow, hey, it's such bullshit, man. And and I tweeted Wizards of the Coast and said, this is pathetic. Like, this is... You have... they. You know what they've managed to do? I And people oh, Ooh, people might say to me... When are people going to find the term dungeon offensive? Because it well, yeah. it's jail. No, I, 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 was, I listened to a good YouTuber. Um, it was a, like a comedy team, kind of like us. And they, they, they were saying, um, like, dungeons are associated with, like, Prison, slavery, incarceration, yeah, yeah, like you know, if you want to, and what about if you know dragons and stuff? Like you know, what if someone identifies as a dragon? Are they going to get offended? Also, this whole thing yeah. about like a witch is going to get offended because D and D is using a witch. It's such bullshit. Like it's such, it's it's such a blanket statement. Like it's just stupid. It's like I don't know. It's just I, just, I, to, I want to sit in on one of these meetings on when they how they come to these decisions. That's what I want. I just yeah. want to be able to to sit there and go. I just want to. I want to. I want to see your process. Uh, I would like to yeah. see your process. Thank you. I would love to know how they get there. I think what they have done is they've hired a lot of sensitivity readers, which I think is a terrible fucking idea in the first place because they're just people looking to complain. You know, their, their job is literally to complain, and they're paying too much attention to them, and. And I think, unfortunately, what they're going to find is they're they're going to hurt their brand because someone might say to me, "Oh, Dave, you only played D and D in the eighties and nineties and two thousands, by the way, when it was pretty kind of metal. You know, like anything went. It was a lot more fun, basically. And um, now, I think what they've they've tried stupidly to decide they want to clean stuff up." But instead, what they're doing is... Yeah, they're, they're trying to sanitise it all. They're ruining the game. They're taking all the edges out of the game. And it's it's even fucking stupid. It's just ridiculous. Um, and, and also, it's, it's even more stupid now because right now, you've got more competition than you've ever had before. Yeah. Like, again, remember, I always bring this up. We're living in the age of Kickstarter. Yeah. And GoFundMe and and uh, Indiegogo and all this shit. Where if someone's got a good idea for a board game, yeah, right, or a tabletop game, they can get it made, right? Yeah. You've got the drive, you've got the passion, you've got yeah. the dedication, you can get it made. I mean, remember when all this hubbub was coming up? A lot of a lot of people are playing that. Um, oh shit! What's the other one? Paths. Pathfinder. Pathfinder, you know what I mean? That one's been getting a lot of traction. Mm. A lot of people have moved over to Pathfinder from D&D because of all the shit. You are not in the 80s and the 90s now. We're like, you're the only game in town. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they were the like, biggest ones what, on the block for a long time. And I, yeah. like, I, what, yeah. what was their biggest competition back in the day? Uh, Warhammer? Yeah, probably. 
I mean, again, not the same thing. You know, Warhammer is a bit more of a ta- um, like a table. Yeah, pop, actually, you know. definitely it would have been because Games Workshop had all those stores and stuff, and they were in the same zone. Yeah, you know, yeah, but but it's it's close enough that that was your only real competition. But now, everyone's your competition, mate. So the fact that you're doing this now, mm. where it's the unsafest time for you to do it, mind blowing. It's nuts, man. Like it's it's actually nuts, and they they're ruining their game. And you know what is going to happen? People uh, who want D and D, all the old stuff's out there. You know, there's all these PDFs. Like you can easily play a D and D game based on the second or third edition rules, or, or then you can just go to one of these many other um, role playing games that similar mechanics, if not probably slightly better. Who just say fuck that? We're going to play it properly and do it mm. properly. And yeah, you know, that, that is true. But what I'm saying is that it's going to hurt your future sales. It's going to massively so, hurt them. Yeah, it's you know, yeah. People get your old stuff, but if they're looking for something new, they're going to go somewhere else. They're totally. not going to buy you new stuff because of all the changes. And, and once again, this mythical audience that is going to embrace this game because they took out witches and shamans and druids, it doesn't exist. It's tiny. I'd like to meet you. Well, I was going to say, I would like to meet. Oh, them it's 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 fucking tiny. It's 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 the it's the smallest fan base in the fucking world, and they probably don't even have the fucking money to pay for anything because D and D costs money, by the way. It's an expensive hobby, not expensive, but it's it, it does cost money. It's like comics, you know. It's a drug. Um, I I I I I have not heard one person on the internet, and I have scoured it, who said good idea, you know, to this. Yeah. Uh, th- this is the same organization that told us that, like, they've taken out evil races and various other things. Like, they've just taken all the fun out of the fucking game. Like, you know, someone made a good point. Oh, okay, you're worried about druids and shamans, but you're okay with, like, demons and devils and shit like that. Like, you know, like, full-on satanic stuff. <laughs> like, because... Well, I mean, I mean, yes, for now. But again, when is that going to, you know... I mean, don't forget, there was people who, um, who... who... Uh, had issues with the new Doom game because they really? referred to as 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 demons as um, scum, livingly challenged or some shit like that. Like like because they were felt like they were making fun. But my point is like you say, oh, well they they can have a problem with everything, mate. Like it's yeah. I don't even know what it's going to be called. At, at, at you joke about what it's going to be called, don't you? But yeah, what is it going to be called one day? Just fun time, happy hour. Like, yeah. what? What is it going to be one day? Because it's certainly not going to be Dungeons and Dragons. What, what I would love is, I, I bet you, some of the apologists like that that watch Critical Role bending over backwards to try to justify this decision. You know, what I do hope is those kind of people actually. I'd love to see those kind of people who have substantial fan base push back on this. You know, wouldn't it be fucking mm. funny if some of their sort of like you know, paid for, like, fans, you know what I mean? You know, their sites and stuff actually said, this is fucking shit. And um, d- and by the way, uh, Wizards are the same people who sent the Pinkertons around to bust someone for some fucking cards, you know? So this is yeah, this yeah. organisation is not, like, socially virtuous or anything. They're just another fucking corporate. So don't mistake this for anything more than just flat-out pathetic virtual signaling and I wish there was someone like a president or someone who looked at this and went you're doing what don't isn't our whole game based around shit like this like isn't our whole game essentially essentially it's a binary good and evil battle like it being and also isn't out. it the game of be what you want 
Be what you want, but also reach. I, I know some people will say, well, I just play D&D and we just sit around and talk and, like, you know, fucking go shopping. Yeah, but most people play it for dungeon crawls. You know, like, in, in mm. the, 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 the. I understand there is that other element, but I would say 80% of it is dungeon crawls. And you're fighting monsters, you meet in dungeons and you fight them, and blah, blah, blah. And there's variations on that, but essentially that's the game and you progress, level progression, you know, etc. It's fun. Um,. When you start taking out that kind of shit, or trying to, out of your new additions, you are going to hurt the basics of the game eventually. You're going to actually hurt. It's like someone coming in and to chess and going, oh, you know what we don't need in chess? Bishops. Well, if you took the bishops out of chess, you've actually ruined the game. Because you've, you know, yeah. the game is like almost oh, is a it, It's like an animal rights person coming in and going, oh, we don't feel that the piece should be a horse. It, it, it speaks to the mistreatment of horses throughout history. You're like, oh my God, shut up, please. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you take out something fundamental in, in a in a game like chess, you break the game because it's all built around counterbalances and stuff. And the essence of D and D is what I just described. It is essentially a dungeon crawl with some extra trappings. You know, like that mm-hmm. is that is D and D. I'm sorry to break it to those people who want to think it's just sitting around talking about their fucking you know half elf character, but. That's in essence it, with a lot of shit, extra shit thrown in around it. But when you break the dungeon crawl, when you say there's no evil races, you're starting to give a lot of. You're really watering down the basics, and you're breaking your game. And what will happen is, uh, what do you call them? Like players will desert and go somewhere else. You know, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of other options. Pathfinder's one, but there's many options. And oh, um, there's a lot. I've gone into some. Uh, you know, there's a shop there at Hornsby. Mm. The, the one near EB Games that yes. does, like, the board games. Dude, you go in there and you just go, wow. Like, yeah. I've never seen so many tabletop games in my life. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah when, when, when back in the day, as you said, it was Warhammer or D&D. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah, man. That's, that's so true. Anyway, um, it's fucking bullshit. Um, and I frankly hope they go bankrupt if this is the kind of shit they're going to pull. You know? I, I, I think it's fucking pathetic. Really, I do. I think this is the dumbest thing that they've done, and they've done some pretty dumb things in the last year or two, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Someone at Wizards needs to wake up and smell the coffee and realise we are headed towards extinction, you know? We are PCifying ourselves for no reason. There's no real giant call for this. Like, this is this is an imaginary kind of problem that they've mm. created. So. But also, like, again, like... I, I, I'm... I think I'm getting a bit tired of of all these companies uh, acting like uh, Twitter is is the real world. Yeah, that that Twitter is the majority. No, Twitter is just people with no uh, life, with you know, too much time on their hand, mm. uh, complaining about shit online. Like that's it. Yeah, like yeah, true. you know, okay. So fifty people complained about the term witch. So what? Yeah, who cares? Is, is your player base only fifty people? Yeah, exactly. No, it's not. It's, it's it's thousands of people. Most of us spend zero time on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like seriously, like the majority. No, I, I, Twitter's fine. The problem is the people who live on Twitter. Yeah, but you know, like, like the... your Dan Slots who who tweet fifty times a day yeah. and and think that it's it's real world. Like that's the people who are the problem, and these are the people that are constantly online complaining, mm. and then all these companies think that. They are the majority of people. Oh, well, people on Twitter said then it must be. It's like no, that's not. That's not real. Yeah, it's bullshit, man. Like it, it, it honestly is. And um, 
you know, what, what's left to say other than this is just absolute an absolute joke, basically. Um, this was funny. Uh, Michelle watched Quantumania, and this was her this was her comment like two thirds away in. It was idiotic. That was, that, was, that was literally her review. She goes, "This movie's idiotic. It's got people. She was she just couldn't understand like what was going on, like with the kind of imaginary creatures in the quantum realm, like sort of like peak creatures made out of paper or whatever and stuff like that. She was just like, "This is just so fucking stupid." She said, "Good cast, terrible movie." So I thought that was funny. That was a. Uh, um, that was a uh, Michelle review. She finally caught because I said she said Quantumania or Black Panther. I said I preferred Quantumania. I, I found Black Panther very boring. I said neither are great. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, she slightly preferred Black Panther, but she yeah really disliked Quantumania. She did battle through and watch it to the end, but that was purely just her just trying to finish a movie. You know, no more. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, finally, Rich, I've had the last three days off. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, I've been, mm. I've been playing a lot in the last three days. So it's, it's good. Um, it is very, how can I say it's very, it's back to basics, Assassin's Creed. And might I say almost too much back to basics. Um, but it is good. The, uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm engaged. I, I miss Valhalla and him being better at fighting. I miss the level progression because in, in in this one you do progress with your skills, but it's all related to the story. So they've t- instead of tying it into experience points, it's tied into story beats. So you finish a mission, typically you'll get you'll grant a couple more skills. So they've sort of taken out that aspect. Um, it does feel sort of smaller, but at the same time, there's a hell of a lot to do. So I've been very busy. I don't know how people finish games in like 20 hours. I really don't because I've been playing this game pretty hardcore. Um, it's more challenging than Assassin's Creed games have been recently. Um, I still feel like I'm in the early stages even though I've done a fair bit. Um, it's a really good game. Uh, visuals are good. I would almost say possibly slightly disappointing. Um, they're good, not great. I, I, I don't feel that visually the PS5 version is as good as what I would have expected it to be. You know? Um, but the cityscapes and stuff are all good. It's a really good game. It is very much more of the same. And I, in early in the show, went back and played Assassin's Creed One to the very finish. And this is very much. It feels like an a modern version of that. It's very similar to the original Assassin's Creed, um, which is fun. I mean, I I played it not that long ago, so I actually remember the game quite well because I completed it. Obviously, it all looks a lot better, but um, yeah, it's a good game. I mean, uh, you know, it's enjoyable. I'm probably not enjoying it as much as Valhalla, but I loved Valhalla. You know, Valhalla is one of my all-time favorite games with the Viking stuff, but this is very much more assassin-centric. Um, yeah, uh, like it's it's fun. It's very addictive. Michelle was like, "Is aren't you bored by this?" I was like, "No, I'm fully immersed." You know, um, it's yeah, it's if you don't like Assassin's Creed, you won't like this game because. It's really a return to the original. A lot of jumping around, a lot of assassinating. He can fight, but he's nowhere near as um, powerful in the fights as in Valhalla, for example, Um, or even Origins. Um, I didn't play Odyssey, Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, You know, it's 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 a lot of fun, Um, and I'm enjoying being back in the Middle East, which is obviously where the first game was set in Jerusalem, and this is set. 
well, when this is set, around the 800 or so. So it's it's basically, for those who don't know, it's the prequel to Valhalla. So the character of Basim, who's one of the assassins who comes over from the Middle East to United, or not United Kingdom, Britain, and is in the Viking camp, you know, with, with um, Ivor, or however you say his name. Um, it's his story. How he comes from a, being a thief to an assassin. So it's his story. So, I mean, I'm enjoying it, Rich. I'd give it an 8 out of 10... I'm, you know, I'm fucking going to play more of it this weekend as much as I can. It's very addictive. Um, but it is super similar to Assassin's Creed 1. So that's my review. Okay, well, as long as you enjoyed it, that's good. I am enjoying it. Um, I saw a 77 on Metacritic. I'm probably around there. I'd give um, Valhalla like an 85. I think Valhalla's a better game. It's also a bigger game. I read that um, this wasn't quite full price. I read that this was originally supposed to be an expansion pack for Valhalla. Then they modified into a game. So it does feel a bit smaller, but that's not to say there's not a lot to do. There is there is a quite a bit to do. Um, it's not like... Uh, remember Dragon Age 2? How, you, how, you, how disappointing that was compared to 1? It's not mm-hmm. like that. There is a lot to do, but the canvas feels smaller because it, it, it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, so. by the way... Um... Dragon Age 2, disappointing. Yes, I still had a thoroughly good time playing it. <laughs> I didn't mind it either, but compared to 1, it was disappointing. But this isn't as disappointing as that by any means. This is pretty good. It's what I expected, um, and it is fucking addictive, like, frankly. Like, I will say this. I, I said to Michelle, because you know how I'm always saying, like, when I was 20, I could pull these kind of moves. I said to Michelle, there's no way my knees could take... <laughs> uh, no, I said to Michelle, there's no way my knees could take some of the shit I'm doing, man. You know? Like, do you think there were real people that could do this back in the day? I was thinking that the other day. Were there real assassins like this, like this kind of level? Like, not that level. No. I mean, yes, could they do? But I mean, there's people who can do parkour and all that now. But sure. the stuff that you do in the game is an exaggeration of it. Sure. Yeah. Well, like a ninja, maybe. Also, I mean, it helps in the game that they've designed it that you can. Like, yeah. cities aren't, aren't exactly designed for parkour. They don't take it into account <laughs> if you want to get from building to building. So, you know, yeah. and that's game mechanics. But, yeah, I mean, there's people that do parkour now. And, um, you know, so yeah, it is something that is definitely feasible to be able to, you know, get from building to building, slide down. You know, Jackie Chan has done it in movies. So not sure. impossible, but, I mean, you know, it's not exactly game level either. Yeah, okay. Well, it's good stuff, man. I mean... I, I'm but fucking, either way, you still couldn't do it, so... No, I couldn't do it. No way. Not with my knees and my ankle and everything. Like, I've got to be careful with my knees and ankle. I've been nursing them for, like, the last 15 years. Um, just so I can stay viable on court. Yeah, but, but like, am I having a good time with it? Yeah. It's, it is, yeah, it, it, that's it, all that's important it, at the end of the day. It, it is a good time. And um, after that, i tell you what, it's been getting a lot of fucking advertisements during the cricket of Spider-Man 2. Jesus. Oh, yeah. They've been hammering us with that, man. Like, hammering us. Like, did you play the original? No, I, I haven't played the Spider-Man games. I um, have started that. My, my goal is to finish Mirage, and then I'm going to finish Spider-Man 1, and then I'll get Spider-Man 2. Because I, I, I put a nice dent into Spider-Man 1 a few weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I certainly won't be rushing out to get 2. I'm going to finish Assassin's Creed Mirage first. And just by my... Um, after playing Witcher, which was so immersive and took so fucking long, 
And, like, was such a grind at times, you know, like, to get the trophies, you had to fucking really earn them. I noticed Assassin's Creed Mirage is a lot easier in how it hands out the trophies. Like, a lot easier, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I've clocked up quite a lot of the trophies, achievements in Xbox turns, but trophies for PS5. I've clocked up quite a few already, and I've really only been playing seriously for two and a half days, you know? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm look. I'm not in a big achievements guy, only because like some games do it right. Some games just be like, oh, here's an achievement for switching the game on. You know what I mean? You know, here's a game for killing your first, you know, uh, yeah. enemy in the game. I'm like, eh, it's not really an achievement. You know, achievement should be something a bit more monumental. So. I don't really care about achievements. Does it surprise you? I am a massive achievements guy, and I, I love getting mm, achievements. Like, no, it doesn't surprise me. No, I must admit, I that is one thing with me. I, like, there's certain games, like the Lego games, I like the achievements for that, and I do try and 100% like those Batman Lego games, but because it is an achievement to get like all the pieces, sure. to get all the hidden stuff, but I just don't like games where it's like, as it, here's an achievement for switching the fucking game on. Sure, sure. Yeah, hey, you, you know, you want to know something funny? I'm looking at Keith Githen's page. Did you know he was a plotter on Green Lantern Emerald Dawn 2? I did. Actually, he was a plotter on Emerald Dawn 1 as well, so both of them. Mm-hmm. Dude, why don't you pick yeah. one of those for one day for um, Signal? Uh, I've never I don't know, because I've, because I've read them multiple times. Well, I've never I'm read them. Feel like it's, I feel like it's, okay. I should be picking stuff that I haven't read so that I can talk about it. Just putting ideas out there, man. That doesn't stop me, man. You know, jeez. Oh, I'll pick nah, up but I'm more, I'm more considerate than you, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, there was an Aquaman sequel report which featured stuff like apparently Jason Moe was turning up to the set drunk and stuff like that. There was all this shit like that was going on. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, now, Variety has revealed further details about Aquaman too, stating that. Uh, the DCEU stars Gal Gadot, Jason Moa, and Ezra Miller won't be reprising their roles in the new DC universe. The, tri- yeah, the trio will join Ben Affleck and Cavill as former DC superhero actors as the roles are being left behind or recast for James Gunn and Peter Safran's new DC universe. In Moa's case, while he won't be returning as Aquaman, there are reportedly still ongoing talks about him taking on the character of Lobo in the future. In fact, the report alleges... This could be seen as early as Superman Legacy in a cameo. I would be 1,000% down for Moa as Lobo. Um, and wouldn't it be kind of funny if, for him to turn up and he's not Aquaman, he's Lobo? Like, Yeah, not really. We've kind of seen that with Chris Evans already. Well, I'm down for it, man. Like, no, no, I'm, 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 I don't have a problem with Jason Moa coming back to play um, Lobo. That's fine. As I said, I mean... Uh, um, uh, Chris, I just said his name. Chris, um, Evans. Chris Evans was Johnny Storm in yep. the Fantastic Four movies, mm-hmm. and then came back. You know, so he's played two Marvel characters. It doesn't matter. Like that's fine, as long as they get it right. Because look, as much as I like Momoa, uh, his Aquaman is not comic accurate. Like no, you know. Oh, as no. I said, Definitely. something that bothered me so much is when I saw um, uh, the, the actor that was playing Orm. Yeah, um, yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, I know with the guy. you know, with the blonde hair, I was like, "Oh my god, he literally looks like Aquaman." Yeah, like the guy playing Orm looks like the traditional Aquaman. I was like, "Oh fuck, what a shame!" That's not the way they went because he, he's in Aquaman too as well. That guy, he's in the trailer. Oh no, no, because he, yeah, because he's playing Orm. It's his brother. They kind of going for the um, Thor Loki. Yeah, 
um, the vibe. They uh, are actually. Good point. Oh my god! When I saw him with that blonde hair, and I was like, "Oh my god!" There's your Aquaman right there. So what can you do? Yeah, true, true. Um, also, yeah, but you know what? Like, I'm I'm down for if they can't find anyone else. I'd be down for Momoa as Lobo. I think Momoa would oh, be no, a good I, fit. I don't think the honestly, I don't think there is anyone else. Yeah, look, I, I reckon it's a, I reckon it's a good deal. I, I, I think I mean, you, a, you could almost see his Aquaman being Lobo. Yeah, and, and like also his Aquaman is almost a toned down Lobo for God's sakes. Well, yeah, but he can he can ramp it up uh, if he's. But that's Lobo. what I'm saying. Like he's already there. He was probably stifling himself to yeah. play Aquaman. Like mm. you know, you can see that he wants to just sort of like rip loose and, and just have fun. He would be perfect for Lobo. Bring it on, man. Bring it fucking on. Um, Michael Mann confirms Heat 2 is his next film. Um, this was published as a novel, Heat 2, that served as both a prequel and sequel to the events of the original movie. The story jumps between two time periods, the first following Chris Schillerer's Val Kilmer's role as he tries to evade the LAPD and Detective Vincent Hunter, Al Pacino, following the events of the original film. As we all recall, he was the one who escaped in the original. Um, the second part of the film takes us back to Chicago in 1988 when Macaulay, Schillerez and their Highline crew took scores on the West Coast, the US-Mexican border, and now in Chicago. Um, Hannah, meanwhile, is cutting his teeth as a rising star in the Chicago Police Department chasing an ultra-violent gang of home invaders. The fallout from those past events causes unexpected repercussions in the present. Man, I've got to read this fucking book. I've got that book. I, I bought it on, on Kindle and I completely forgot about it till right now. That sounds fucking awesome. Um, you know I love Heat Rich. It's probably one of my all-time favorite. It is definitely one of my all-time favorite movies. Where are you on Heat 2? Is it? Is uh, it really? I, I love that fucking movie so much, man. Like Seriously, like it's got so many good lines. Um, where are you on Heat 2, Rich? Yeah, it was was fantastic, uh, very enjoyable. I mean, if they can if they can pull that again, sure, I'm happy. I mean, obviously, I'm different actors. Sure, DH. Um, don't know who you would get. But that's the only problem. Like, like I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know of too many actors that are on that level that could pull off a. You know what I mean? Because I mean, obviously, uh, Val Kilmer's passed away. Um, he passed away. Has passed away. Has, has Val Kilmer passed away? Has he passed away? No, I don't think so. I think he's just very ill. Oh, but, anyway, he's no, but he's in no condition anyway with his throat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with that cancer and all that. Um, Tom Sizemore has passed away. Obviously, uh, Pacino and De Niro are way, way too old. Well, I mean, yeah. you'd kind of need a bit of a younger... But I mean, but again, who do you get? Who Who is on the level of those guys I don't know. that can pull it off and make it work? I don't know either. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean... Could Pacino de-aged do it? No, they did that for the Irishman, and I don't know. I don't think they pulled it off. I think it, I think you could always tell. That's could Mich- could Pacino play the current though? The because in the no, original, have you seen Pacino, man? He's, have you seen, no, man, he's in no shape. Like, I love I love coffee. Last time I saw him, he looked like he put on so much weight from his waist downwards that he was going for that like <laughs> um, uh, bowling pin shape. <laughs> <laughs> he, well, he's got that dark hair now that he's, he wears, like... He's, oh, the dyed hair, dyed beard, going for the uh, Steven Seagal book? Yeah, he's he's definitely... No, he's 83. Um, I don't know, man. I'd be down for Pacino doing it. You know, mate, I, I listen, know. I, I, I'm down for a, a thing, but they need to find the next generation. They have to. Wow. 
They need to find the next generation that can say, "Hey, we, you know, here's the here's the guys that yeah. that that you should be watching. Here's I'm the guys at, that can give I'm you." I'm looking at images of Pacino, and he does look aged. You know. Yeah, so does De Niro, man. Come on, like. But De Niro died, man, in the in the in the original, so he wouldn't be in the sequel parts. Yeah, it's true, but yeah, they, but uh, I just don't I'm know who they're going to get. I'm looking all. at pictures of of Pacino. I think with makeup you could do it. I think with makeup you could do it, and and like digital. Nah, man, he doesn't have that vitality, man. You need him to bring that. And his you voice need him has to bring gotten younger, Pacino. His voice has gotten really gravelly. Oh now. my god, his voice is like. <laughs> he's like, no, man, you can't do that's it. That's a Pacino Seriously, script. Like he goes, that's how you know it's a Pacino script. <laughs> um, I mean, last time I saw him, he was in a Adam Sandler movie. Like, come on, no, he's he's no, he's not the Pacino he used to be. Ah, oh, man, I love him, though. You know I love my Al Pacino. Um, what, I'm time, gonna to put, let, time to let go, Dave. Time what, to let go. Well, what about this, man? A, a deep fake, Al Pacino. If we can deep fake it, you know? But we can't, Dave, so... Well, we can. What are you talking about? No, we can't because you can see it's a deep fake. Go watch the, the Luke Skywalker stuff. Even in the, the second time they had the go-around, you can still see the blur around oh, okay. the head. You can still see it. They're not there yet, mate. Okay. All right. Um, all right, well, we'll see what happens, man. I, I don't know. You'll have to ask Michael Mann. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. You're saying Pacino at 83 probably couldn't play a, a late 50s Pacino character. No, he was, no, you know, no. Where he was 30 years ago. Um, this is hilarious. He wasn't, he wasn't blessed with the Keanu jeans or the uh, Will Smith jeans. No, he's got the aging jeans. Badly. Yes, he's got the, he's got the Italian jeans. Yeah. Uh, now, Rich... Mags Versaccio, you've mentioned her before on the show. Um, I more know her from your mentions than anything she's ever done, but she came up with what I think is one of the worst pictures of all time, um, a pitch that saw Connor Kent, Superboy, as a trans woman. Um, and she posted this on social media. as She was supposedly proud of it. It was rejected by DC, thank God. And it included one part where she's like, well, you know, like he always had... Uh, he always had shaved hair and an earring like most lesbians. <laughs> That's what she said. Like it's like fuck. Yeah, but 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 Dave, this is you and I had this discussion. Yeah. A while ago, where I said this is the problem with coding things. I just right? think it's crazy. Because, no, 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 no. So there, which goes, oh, he's coding. He's got the shaved head. That's queer coded. It's like no, 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 no. Oh, I see. You've decided. That that's queer coded. It's not. People have had shaved uh, shave side head since punk, since yeah. you know whatever. It's it's not a you thing. It's a it's a it's a universal yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. you don't get to claim shit. Well, and there the problem is with mags. Yeah, the problem yeah. with mags. Okay, and I was actually having this discussion with um, someone the other day. Someone who's a, a little bit more left than I am. Mm. Um, and I said, look, the biggest problem I think people like mags and all that have right mm. is their thinking is too niche, okay? Yeah. So I give an example. So when someone who is straight, mm. right, writes mm. a story, they're not looking at it through a straight lens and going, okay, how can I tell straight stories, sure. right? They're just going, how can I tell good daredevil stories? How can I tell good Batman stories? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? What 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 can I do to, to, to make the, the interesting, take them on a journey, entertain people? Mm. All they want to do, people like Max, all they want to do is tell everything through the queer lens or the trans lens. And again, that's not bad in and of itself, mm. but you need to branch out, right? I think you would have a bigger fan base and following if you could just 
uh, go, you know what, let me, hey, DC, give me, give me a, a character. I want to work on the character, and I'm going to tell good Batgirl stories. Yeah. Right? And you know what? You tell some good stories, you tell people, hey, you get some fans. And you say, hey, fans, I'm working on my own thing here. You know, it's, you know, I'm trans, so I want to, this is a trans character that I'm working on. Come over and have a look. But because you've shown them that you're a good writer mm. and you can tell good stories, they might be more inclined. But if all you do is if every story you tell has to be told through a trans lens mm. and the characters have to be trans, I don't think you're going to pull as many... You know, you're making yourself niche. I'm looking at the pictures of um, the of it's literally called Connie Kent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> AKA, it's so fucking bad. AKA Lara Connell, AKA Skyrocket. It just gets worse and worse. Um, so the problem was another the problem with Mags is that the they are like a, a 13 year old trapped in a, 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 a an old body. Yeah. Like mentally, mentally, Mags is super, super immature. Like, sure. really immature. I've, I, yeah, I, I look, if this is the typical shit that Mags Versace has to offer, go away, please. Like, it's really bad, man. Like, but I wish I could find a statement where it was like, it went on and on about how lesbians all have um, shaved hair and earrings. And I was just like, fuck. Like, the, the thing. Oh, yeah, I, it, happened, it happened with Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. So there's a character in there that is straight. She's actually a love interest if you're the male character. Mm. And she has that um that that sort of, you know, shaved sides with the the hair a bit up. Mm. And when it turned out she they, she was straight, they were like, How dare you? Clearly she has a lesbian haircut. And I'm like, My God, do you you literally yeah. you people only think in monoliths? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, are you telling me that every single lesbian has shaved hair? Yeah, gelled up. Are you telling me every lesbian has that? There's not a single lesbian with a ponytail. There's, there's a funny part here. Tails. From a storytelling perspective, I believe this is as natural a move as Iceman's coming out. I don't think that's a great example. No, that but wasn't naturally. That was fucking. That was fucking awful. How that happened? It's where, where, where he's literally the worst example Jean you could have come up with. Jean Grey read his mind. It was like, oh, I can hear your thoughts. You're gay, and I was like, wow. Um, he's, I am. <laughs> that was, she's like, yeah, he's like, oh, okay. She's like using that as an example. As a trans woman, I need to make clear that this is very common and it's not a story people tell in media very often. Sending Connor on a quest of personal identity would absolutely shake this stuff loose. The person who comes out the other side would be meaningfully different no matter what and forcing her to reckon with herself instead of with legacy provides strong context. Oh, my God. Like, it's just such bullshit. Like... um Connie Thanks, Kent, no one, no one cares. Connie Kent slash Skyrocket would immediately become the most visible trans superhero in the world. You when- see, that's all they want. They, that's all she wants. She just wants a visible trans character. Yeah. Not good stories. No. She can try and bring her, oh, no, this will be great. No, 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 no. You just want a high-profile trans. That's your goal at the end of the day. You don't even care if the stories are good. You don't care if it makes sense. No. You just want a high-profile. But again, you don't want to work for it. No. You don't want to put in the in in the work. You just I don't you just mind her. I don't mind her gold at all. But but like I was saying this. No, to, to Adam. Adam. Dave, you you you're a straight guy, and mm-hmm. you wrote a book where the female lead was um, gay. Mm-hmm. Demont, yeah, yeah. So that's my point. You don't just because you're trans. Not every goddamn character and story that you tell oh, yeah, has yeah. to be oh, trans. Yeah. Well, that's just writing. It's so silly that they think only certain sectors can write certain sectors. It's just 
it's just silly. You're, again, you're limiting yourself, and you're not making yourself a good writer because you are not showing that you well, can write anyone. Well, it's almost like they don't, anyone. they don't understand the point of writing, it seems. Like, um, anyway, um, Max Versace, I don't know if I've ever read a Max Versace comic, and thank God um, Superboy is not turning trans trans anytime soon. Um, sorry, Max Versace, go back. And I was saying to um, Adam, because he was like, yeah, they want to flip, you know, he was kind of more down with it, uh, at least neutral, flip characters in the, you know, Superman family or Batman family. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But, like, why don't you create a character in the Superman family that is trans? Like, why don't you do that? Because you'd still be under the Superman family, you know, moniker, which oh, is, you know, what well, they want. Well, hang on. Here's, here's a fantastic one. So they bring, they looking to bring back the Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, brand uh, which they should never have done away with. Now you could do something in the Elseworlds where you could have that the clone came out as female. Yeah, you could. Do you know what I mean? And then you could almost say that it's like um, Supergirl. They, 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 well, yeah, but but they gave them the, uh, the but it was supposed to be a guy because obviously it was supposed to be a clone of a combination of Luther and um, yeah, 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 Superman. And you could have had some interesting thing about a male brain in a female body or something because something went awry and you could, but it's an Elseworlds story, Mm. but you don't want it to be an Elseworlds story. You want it to be, you want it to be the main continuity story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know, man. Like all I can say is anything would be better than what they've done, you know? Um, And like, she needs to, like on, like she never will. She's clearly a very small box rider. You know what I mean? Like she, she obsessed. Yeah. She's on. A, she's a one track, yeah, trick pony. Like one that's track a... pony, unfortunately. And um, I don't think you're gonna last long in the industry with that kind of approach. You know, like you, you'll grind up, wind up again, writing for you know your independent comics and selling to a very small, but I assume passionate fan base, but. I don't know. I, I like. I, I get the intention, and I and I understand it. But trying to flip Connie Kent, you know, is stupid. I also heard something recently. It was the it was the Kennedy, whatever his name is, Johnson um, guy who writes um, Superman, and he was talking. He was asked a good question about like when Superman went to Warworld, okay, and they made John Kent Superman, yeah. And mm-hmm. the question he was asked, and I don't think he even wrote this, but the question he was asked is, did DC not think about putting Connor Kent into that role? And the answer he gave was actually a really kind of good answer because I think it was the truth. He goes, well, the thing is, it wasn't about looking at the universe, a Superman universe, and deciding who kind of needed a job promotion, like at work or something, who'd earned their stripes. It was about broadcasting uh, John Kent. You know, that was the point of it, kind of thing. Like the 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 the, the initiative at DC was a purely it was not like a marketing thing. You know what I mean? And that's where marketing is writing the comic in a way. You know, because they're like, we want to we want to push John Kent, and I can I get it. Like Connor Kent does become kind of superf- superfluous in a, in a lot of ways to me. I mean, I like Connor Kent. I like Superboy, especially mm. his early. I- Appearances, but you know. It's but hard. again, but you see, but this is also where I don't agree with them, and I think they're wrong because they put their their desires, their wants above stuff that makes sense. Do you know what I? I've actually given this a lot of thought. Do you know what I would have actually done mm. instead of doing that shitty Tom King Supergirl? 
book oh, yeah. that they did. Yeah. When Superman went to Warworld and he disappeared for a while, mm. they should have actually made Supergirl, the one with the most experience mm. being on Earth, they should have given her center stage. And you know what John Kent should have been? Basically her sidekick. Yes, and that was included in the question. So it wasn't just Connor Kent. There was. They also said, what about Supergirl? Which I thought but that way you still could have pushed Connor because he would have been with Supergirl. She could have been teaching him mm. and teaching him in a different way that his father did. Maybe yeah. she could say, hey, yeah, yeah, that's how Superman sees it. And he's not wrong, but this is another way to look at a situation. So now he's getting taught by another super yeah. person to maybe you know, look at things a little bit differently. And what you're doing is you're still building the character yeah. to one day be ready. But this is the problem because you want to push this character. This is what they do it. all the time. They want to push a character. They want to push a character before they are ready, before they are fully cooked, before they're fully baked. They want to just hurry up and push. Yeah, man. Um, Supergirl should have got her time to be the main super character mm. in the world, and John Kent should have been her sidekick. Yeah, and um, so agreed. And the hilarious thing is, back in like the sort of Silver Age. Um, and Bronze Age, I, I can remember storylines where Superman would be off planet and Supergirl would be taking his place. Literally. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, yep. that's mentioned in stories from back in the fucking 60s and stuff. Like, it's literally that's what's happening. And, you know, one bats an eyelid. It's just like what Supergirl does. Like, she's the maid of might and, um, you, know, his, you know, his partner, his cousin, all that stuff. But, like, when he's off world, she's filling his shoes. You know, that's what she does. Isn't it hilarious that in 2023 when Superman went off world in a big story event, they're like, fuck Supergirl. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, we're going to give her an Elseworldsy Tom King, whatever. But we're not going <laughs> to, but we're not going to put her in the main books. You know what I mean? And and to give her her real chance to shine. They're like, no, yeah. we want to, we want to push the fucking Superman, like exactly like Superman, but younger, you know, character which seems to be john kent like it's with, even with, with, with no personality yeah it's just like man if they thought superman was cookie cutter wait till you see his son you know mm -hmm. like wow we let's you know it's just it just it just boggles the mind really it's why i don't pay attention to um a lot of the modern i said to chuck i've just like lost interest in like uh, there is some stuff coming out from DC that I'm still interested in, but the vast majority of DC and Marvel, their current stuff, I just have no interest. And, like, their collections mm. are great and stuff, but, like, it's just, like, sometimes I'm like, my God, like, how wrong can you get it? And I know they get bits and pieces, but, right? But also the problem is, is it feels like their stories don't matter. Like, yeah. in all honesty, right, think back at all the great storylines. That, that you read, you know, back back in the day. Like, pick a character, whether it be Superman, Batman, yeah. Green Lantern. There's story arcs that, that are remembered, that are like, sure. oh, yeah. man, what? I'm sorry. Tell me what, you know, what great story arcs have been written no. about Supergirl or Superman that, that are memorable and, and are like, wow, what a, what, you know. I think the last what an addition to the mythos of the character and, and a must-read story for the generations to come. I think what, what, the last decent Superman event was New Krypton, you know? Um, yeah, but that was still pre-52. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, maybe there's been another one I, I can't think of, but I think that's the last decent one. And I, and even that was decent, you know? Like, yeah, um, it was but, enjoyable, yeah, they've, but... but yeah, they've, they've not... They've, they've, no one's writing anything memorable. That's the problem. Mm. I know, Rich. Now, what about this? Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, apologised for asking those living paycheck to paycheck <laughs> to donate to the Maui Wildfire Fund. Oh, yeah. Why? 
it was he apologising. I mean, I understand it's for charity, but like people don't have to give. So why they're moaning no, so about? The, so the reason he's apologising is because it's it's and it's not just him, mm. right? It's it's this it's this. So celebrities mm. have this. They've just got this horrible habit <laughs> of asking just regular folks, mm. "Hey, donate, help these people out." We're not going to donate any money, like. Sure. We, we want to keep our money, you know, we've got invested in properties and all that. You to help. You, come on, give us some money to help these poor people. Don't you care about these poor people? <laughs> We'd help if we could, but, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all, tied, it's all tied up, up in assets and, <laughs> and business dealings and stuff. So, but so, so you got to do it. Come on. Yeah. Be a pal. Yeah. That's what people are annoyed about. They're not annoyed that they're asking for help. If, if, if. I guarantee you, if they just, if it had been regular people saying, hey, we're the people of this, whatever, we need your help, everyone would have gone, sure, let's help. If it had been the, the mayor or whatever, he'd be like, listen, in time of this, we really need your help. It's the fact that it's rich celebrities saying, hey, mm. cough up some money. But at the end of the day, how different is that from every fucking telethon ever? Like, it's just, that's always been the way it is. Like, I, I assume he probably has given some cash, you know. Wouldn't surprise me. He's donated yeah, his time. But, but also, uh, celebrities today are far richer than they've ever been. <laughs> yeah. But, but why? Alfred is literally one of the richest people on the planet, mate. But, like, I'm sorry. I, I get it, but like, uh, no one's, I mean, no one's forced to give anything. Like, just because The Rock says it's just, give to Yeah, Mel. but it's just the audacity. And, yeah. oh, and also, the people are a little bit pissed off because um, Oprah seems. Uh, the, mm, what would you call it? A conspiracy, a theory right. that um, the, a lot of places she buys up a lot of land tends to get hit with uh, like fires or devastation, and yet all her land is untouched. And then she buys up more land, super cheap. <laughs> so you've got a conspiracy theory about Oprah, do you? You know, well, not me. It's not me. I'm just saying what I've read. And well, we don't want to get sued yeah, by I'm Oprah. Hang on, and I'm not saying she's now causing forest fires, but I'm saying. She's definitely taking advantage while she's asking you to help out the poor schlups while she uses she's, her money to buy the land. She's, she's like the, the bad developer, the evil developer in a Richie Rich story. She's the Lex Luthor. Land, she's land, like, That's hilarious. Uh, I have all the land. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey is Lex Luthor in this reality. Um, I don't know, man. Pretty like, cool. Like, you I, never I saw it coming, did you? Well, uh, you know, I don't care um, either. That's the thing. I mean, she's massively wealthy. What's she going to do? She's going to invest. You know, she's usually I'm, I'm just saying, look, I ignore them. I just roll my eyes and go fuck off. But you yeah, know, some people get upset about it. It's hilarious. But, like, what kind of obsessed fans are they that they can't control themselves if The Rock tells them to do something? If the Rock oh, said no, to... I don't think The Rock's fans were upset with him. I think it was the people that maybe yeah. weren't really fans to begin with of The Rock. Yeah, they're, like, they're like slamming him. Oh, was... No, Rock, Rock and Oprah's fans would be like, yes, Queen, yes, King, we'll do whatever you say. <laughs> Take all my money. Take all my money. The you funny, the you funny, did more than I do. The funny thing was his, um, was his apology video. He was like, I've been there. I've I've worked paycheck. Check to paycheck. I was like a yeah, million dollar movie to a million dollar movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's paycheck to paycheck, you know. It is paycheck yeah, to paycheck. Make a million, spend a million. I need another million. Come on, guys. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, a million dollars doesn't go as far as it used to. Oh god, it's so fucking funny. And people in the comments were just like lashing him, like they were like juicer and all this kind of. I was just throwing him under the bus. <laughs> the Rock was really encountering some fucking 
Stormy Waters. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Poor old yeah. No, no, no one believes he's not uh, juiced to the to the the max. Ever since Black Adam, have you noticed that there's been a bit of a turning upon the rock? Like the Black Adam sort mm. of thing is really sort of like. Well, you know, to be fair, I think the rock has flown a little bit too close to the sun. <laughs> it's pretty funny. careful, Icarus. But like the hilarious part about the rock is he was like he was loved. You know what I mean? Like it was like. He's been a People's like Choice Award for like twenty years, and there's suddenly yeah. people. And, 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 you, and yes, and he was having the massive success. I mean, Moana, you know, um, uh, the the Jumanji movies, mm. oh, all, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Like, hits. I mean, he was having massive, and yet, you know what? It got to his head, sure. and he thought he was untouchable, and he thought he could do anything. And he's he done a lot of bad movies way. too. He's done a lot of shit movies, like. You know, like there's been yeah, a lot. but not not but but he but this movie had way more of a hand in. Like this yeah. is the movie that he threw a lot of his weight around. It was much more high profile than like Tower Heist yeah. or whatever the fucking thing was where he was in the tower and all that shit. Like he's done a lot of movies that probably haven't done that well. That may have had smaller budgets and just had less eyes on them. Whereas Black Adam had a lot of eyes on it, and it was a conspicuous failure. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, Rock's stars taken slightly dim. Eat it, Rock. Chest. I don't. I, I don't care. I like the Rock. I don't give a shit really. But he you can did, still eat it. He yeah. He can. He, he can bounce back. Um, this was funny. Do you remember the Gollum game? Um, that came out that was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like oh, I don't know if I call it a game, but sure. It was like hated, but apparently they the apology that was written by Ch- Chat GPT and the studio didn't even get approval on it. It had all this misspelling and stuff in it. And so apparently the publisher yeah. they put out a. a it's weird. I don't you know would, why. You would think that an AI would misspell. Well, I don't know why you would have done that, like as well. Like that's that, that was my question. I, I just didn't understand. No, but I'm they saying that someone else did it, like a third party did it, claiming it was them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A third party. It's kind of like, like a hack. They were kind of hacked. Someone. Oh, is that what they're saying? Was, I think they're saying someone was pretending to be them. Oh, I thought it was. whatever. Oh, I thought it was like their publisher or something had done it. And you're saying a, a different party had put out this... Oh, that was my reading of it. ...hacked apology, right. Well, how about this? Feel sorry for old Bob Iger, who came out of retirement last year. He's reportedly feeling the strain of Disney's woes. Sources describe him as overwhelmed and exhausted as he faces diminishing attendance at Disney World, a loss of Disney Plus subscribers, and continued box office flops. Um, and it was hilarious the other day... We put on Disney Plus and they've got that red panda thing on the front screen. I said, Where the fuck's Mickey? And Michelle's like, Who the fuck is this? It's like their newest, one of the newest movies, which I think bombed. Um, Bob Iger, I mean, I guess he's probably got that huge paycheck to, you know, like, you know, don't feel too sorry for Bob Iger, you know. Mm. His net worth's probably upwards of, it's probably close to a billion dollars. So, you know. He, he came in, he probably thought he was going to be the hero riding in, the, like the White Knight, solving Disney's woes for them, and um, he's encountered some... Certainly what he was hoping for. Well, as he can't, but I'd also say, like, you're not going to rebuild Rome in a day. I, I think it's going to take strategy and takes time to turn stuff around. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, there's, a, there's a cycle to this stuff. You've got to ride it out, Bob. You know, it's not all about, like, just one movie. You've, you've got to have a sequence of good movies that make decent money. I think we've reported ever since Avengers Endgame, Marvel has plateaued and dipped. Um, and, you know, the properties that they're throwing behind, a lot of people don't care. 
you know, like a lot of people don't care about Black Panther 2 and don't care about Ant-Man 3 and, you know, whatever. Like, these aren't massive, you know, massive, massive, massive properties. And I just, what I'm trying to say is, which I think it's going to take like a five-year plan kind of thing. Like, it's going to take a rebuild plan to sort of build back up. So, dips are to be expected in this cycle. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think what they need to do, again, what they need to do is, what they should have done is stop, Mm. assess, and Mm. then make a plan forward. You can't, yeah, you can't just, you can't just come on and, but keep going ahead with what you were doing. Mm. Um, You know, again, same problem Warner Brothers have. You can't come in and do a half reboot or say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're rebooting, but oh, but this is still coming out, and this yeah, is still yeah, going to be yeah. canon. And yeah. you know, like if, if you take over, you think, okay, listen, listen, stop, stop. Let's mm. assess what, what are we making. Yeah, is it like all the other shit that's been failing? Okay, well, let's scrap it. Like, and you know what? Because you're going to lose money either way. Mm. Like, it, 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 you either scrap it now and you eat that loss, or you eat that loss when you release it and it bombs. Mm. Like, either way you you've got to say goodbye to the money <laughs> so, how, do you, how do you think this marvel's film will do because i think it's got bomb written all over it I really oh i think it. it's yeah uh, i i honestly i don't think people are that interested in the marvel in the mcu anymore mm. like i feel like I, i'm sorry i feel like it's done i feel like people are like it's old like that's also the problem it's old news yeah do you know what i mean it's not it's not it's not fresh and exciting anymore. Mm. It's now old and worn and repetitive mm. and stale. Um, honestly, and and again, your movies haven't. Uh, sorry, your movies, your TV shows haven't helped with that um, yeah. uh, uh, view of of yeah. of, of keeping it. Because again, because you didn't make them different. If they had made the TV shows different, that they felt different. Yeah, you could have probably kept that excitement for the the movies, but. I think people are just drained, man. I don't think there's any buzz. I don't think there's any excitement for this movie. Um, mm. I, I don't. I, I noticed when uh, Ahsoka finished, which did have a high profile, Loki was like the next week, which can't which can't be a coincidence. Like they structure them to try to keep you spinning, don't they? Right, they want you, yeah. They want you. They want you watching weekly so that they get your monthly money. And, and I don't mind. Like honestly, I, I don't mind that. If the stuff was better, I'd be a lot more happy. Um, but like Ahsoka, when I finished it, I did want more Star Wars. Really, you know, I, I was oh, disappointed. You, there wasn't. Here's here's an interesting um, um, statistic mm. that I I found out. People are they're actually releasing it weekly is actually a detriment. So, um, what they found is whether a show is good or not, mm. people tend to finish a show. If the if the whole thing is on, yeah, yeah. So you actually get far less drop off mm. if you put the whole show on because people are like, well, I'll just watch the whole thing. It's now, you know, yeah. I'll just, eight episodes. I'll just watch it. Yeah. Done. I'm finished. Yeah. But if you do it weekly, and you know, they go, oh, I didn't enjoy that show. Then they're like, ah, I went on a rush to watch it again, or well, maybe we they all know about the, it because they're not excited. The second you fall behind in a weekly show, it can be so. And Michelle and I have a number of. You know, weekly shows we watch. Mm. If is a couple of shows, you know this, Rich. If you fall behind, it's very easy to yeah. say who cares. And and on top of that, you can't forget too. Oh, 100%. because you're busy and the yeah, weekend. Yeah. Oh crap! I forgot to watch that show last week. Like totally, it happens. And and I'll say this: sometimes that forgetting is the show's not that appealing as well. You know, like it's it's like you're busy, your mind's elsewhere. If the show's only mediocre. It's kind of easy to forget. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, no, I prefer as it just as a viewer. I I love watching, um, you know, binging it at my own speed. So like Smallville, now I'm into season seven, and I know that came out weekly back in the day. But like Vikings, same thing because I've got all the episodes there, I can watch at my own pace. You know what I mean? Same thing yeah. if, if they put out Punisher as one season, I'm like sweet. I can I can go you know. Uh, an episode a night for like four nights, take a couple of nights break, come back, you know, keep going. And I love that. That's my preferred thing. But of course, Disney want to string you out for that exact reason. They want to keep the ball moving, which I get, I understand. But if you're saying the stats are saying something different, then Disney have got a real problem because their whole marketing system is based upon that at the moment, you know, Disney Plus. Um, yeah, yeah. They do have a lot of good content on Disney Plus, though. I will say that ever since the, when they acquired Fox, that did mean a lot of good stuff is under that banner. So it, it, I think it's a pretty good offering, personally. I mean, just from, from my standards, I, I use I use Hulu, Max, and Disney Plus a lot. I I, I, I honestly I could get rid of Netflix tomorrow. I really really don't use it. You know what I mean? I I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I've watched a show on Netflix. Whereas I use Hulu, Max, and Disney Plus pretty much most days. I'll use at least one of those. And Michelle definitely Max and uh, and Disney Plus. You know, um, mm. there's some crossover. Some of them bleed into each other. Um, you know, just because the way all the ownership works. There's a few shows that are. It's annoying. They're kind of on multiple platforms and stuff like that. You own. You're like seriously like. But it is what it is. I don't know. I, I like Disney Plus, but I agree with the new content it's a bit of a struggle. Like, there's not tons of it kind of thing, you know? Mm. But then the other, this is the other problem, Rich. They they trying to create all this content, but people complain that the content's kind of lackluster, which it often is. So it's like, you, you, you're sort of like, that's why it's good they've got all this old shit. They've got tons of stuff. Mm. That's, why, that's why it's kind of like, people get really obsessed over the new stuff, but there's a lot of content on there already. You know, from a lot of famous shows. You know, there's tons on Disney Plus because they bought all the Fox. So there's heaps of Fox properties on there, like X Files, for example, is is, a, is on there. You know, um, Mash is yeah. on there. You know, there's so I, I'm that's that's kind of where I am with it. I'm sort of like it, it's fun. Yeah, but again, but uh, one of the reasons why they are lacking in content, right, mm. is because they only really focus in on two properties. Yeah, true. The only shit they're churning out is, um, uh, movie-wise, is the remakes mm, yeah. of 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 their shit, or or just some really bad, you know, new CG. The the TV shows they're creating predominantly are just Marvel and, and Star Wars. Like, yeah, my God, man, you you're Disney. You're true. true. You should be you should be banging out new children's cartoons. Yeah, uh, shows, movies. Uh, fucking hell, when's the last time we made a uh, Love Bug? <laughs> movie but you know what i mean yeah rich i, I like it that's a, that's a good one man I'm, I'm just saying you have you are disney you have so much property mm. you have so much ip mm. you could have lots of different content on your network but you just really are flooding it mm. with star wars and marvel at the moment and i'm sorry i think people are like i don't want another i don't want to go just star wars marvel star wars marvel star wars marvel and that is exactly what they do. I'll tell you a good show that I think's a Disney show. It's certainly on Disney Plus is Only Murders in the Building. Michelle and I watch that with um Steve yeah, Martin. I'm, and, they've um, got stuff, but I'm saying they need to cut down on this Marvel and Star Wars stuff 
because that way you can you can laser focus on on that right mm. like really choose what's important mm. that you want to build sort of around and then yes use that extra money to yeah do stuff like uh, only murders the builders give us a bloody you know love bug mm. you know or, or, or even another shaggy dog for god's sakes you know what wow, i mean like hey, some classics man there you know oh god you know what's a good one that could remake let's just show you how, how they only remake the popular stuff mm. um there was a kurt russell movie with oh the computer wore tennis shoes Yes, I have. I haven't seen it, but I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's when basically he gets a computer almost basically <laughs> downloaded into his brain, um, and you think you said no, but you think to yourself, "My God, that's perfect to remake now." Yeah, because that, that you did in like the seventies. Yeah, it was ages like, ago. You could have way more fun now, considering that you got iPhones and and tablets and Wi-Fi and all that sort of shit. You could go, "Hey, this is something we can, yeah, you know, we, we can modernize." But you don't like. I don't know. Like, I can't. It's hard not to feel. It's hard to feel sorry for them because I just feel like. Oh, I don't feel don't. sorry for them. Fuck them. Like you know. Like hey, look, dude. I'm sure they'll survive. You know what I mean? Like in one form or another, the they may have. I mean, Disney have encountered plenty of reverses in the past, and then eventually they recover. And the sheer amount of literally content that they now own, you know, the, seriously, like it is a lot. Um, you know, they, they, it's just like, it literally is like the big dog in the yard just desperately trying not to slim down, you know, like sometimes. That's what it is. It's like, oh my God, I hope the big dog in the yard stays the big dog in the yard. I'm so worried if they become the second dog. It's like, I don't care, you know, really. I, I, I hope that, for, for me, uh, my level of interest in their Marvel shit at the moment is is low, you know, uh, until they reboot, not reboot, but whatever you call it, Fantastic Four and X-Men, I, you know, limited interest, you know. But when that happens, interested. But um, their Star Wars stuff, I'm more, you know, like, yeah, give me more. If, if they'd said to me, when Ahsoka finished, if they'd had another series ready to roll, I would have been happy. Like that thing about, like, whatever it was, that Acolyte or whatever. It's just like, give me something. You know, I would have been happy. Hopefully it needs to be good. But I'm sort of like, I, I find after Ahsoka, I was kind of more like, yeah, I'm enjoying their Star Wars stuff enough. You know, whereas their Marvel stuff, I'm a bit more like, I don't care. You know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's never any characters I care about. It's like, are you ready for more Ant-Man? Are you ready for more Marvels? Are you ready for more fucking, you know, whoever? Like, it's just, it's just like, could I have someone that I give a fuck about? You know? Like, mm -hmm. could, could, could we get a character that, you know, where, where's a Hulk fucking movie? You know? Something. Just, it's just, I'm, I'm plucking a, a name out of a hat. I'm just picturing someone I actually give a shit about. But instead, it's like, hey, you ready for mom is Marvel? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, you know what you, I know what you want. You want mom is Marvel. And this time we're going to have Captain Marvel and the black Captain Marvel. Woohoo! Like, oh, who's, who's called, oh, Christ, what's her name? Photon or some shit? I don't know. Really? Well, no thanks. You know, I'm just like, yeah, I, I you know what? And I'm sorry to say this because he's one of my all-time favourite writers. Roger Stern. Love him. Love him to death. His Avengers run with the black Captain Marvel, some of the most boring stuff I've ever read in my life. Like, like I don't know if that was really Roger Stern or if that was like a Roger Stern robot, like Superman had robots writing that stuff. Because, I mean, when I was growing up, I'm honestly, in the, in the 80s and 90s, we didn't care about the Avengers. You know what I mean? 
Like, the Avengers felt like granddad's comics to me. That's just how it felt. I don't know how, you know, that was the impression. Uh, that, that late 70s, early 80s Avengers stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, a lot of writers have said that they almost felt like when you got given the Avengers book, it was like a punishment. Yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. Now, my, my point that I'm trying to say here is, like, Black Captain Marvel, I've read her, and, oh, my, she was boring, you know? Um, it was just like she had a big uh, 70s perm, but, like, no character, you know? Like, just nothing. Like, an example of a good black 70s Marvel character was Misty Knight, you know? And mm-hmm. um, she was a great character. Uh, you want to go the opposite end of the scale for very uninteresting Black Captain Marvel. Um, I think that was a name. I, you know, I think she was called Captain Marvel. She certainly had all the powers and stuff. I, she was boring as fuck. But plenty of people were boring in those issues. It was really like when the Avengers were like the D team. You know, it was mm-hmm. like maybe Cap was there, like sort of like holding it together. But other than him, I was just like, who are these people? Where, where's my Marvel handbook? universe <laughs> to work yeah. out work out who the fuck these people are uh george miller is eyeing a splashy khan's premiere for furiosa his post-apocalyptic mad max fury road prequel movie i'm looking forward to it i loved i i fucking love george miller's movies man i you actually reading this i want to watch mad max one and two again you know it's been a lot well they're definitely the better ones oh jesus i i fucking love those movies i remember the first time i saw the original mad max the low budget original it's it's a great mm. fucking movie and so is road oh, Warrior, the sequel man no mad max 2 is is the best right. one. Oh no i agree in the series yeah i'd say mad max 2 followed by beyond thunderdome followed by fury road followed by mad max 1 i think mad max mm, you know, i agree with you up until the fury road you don't like fury road no, because Fury Road to me, he feels like the least Mad Max movie. He barely speaks. Yeah, but that's my point. Like, I feel like he he's not important to that story. It doesn't matter if he's there or not. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually, when you say that. Anyway, yeah, but in the other movies, especially like uh, Road Warrior and Thunderdome, he's the person that um, they succeed or whatever because of him. Hmm. I remember when um, Thunderdome came out, that was a big fucking deal, that movie, you know? Yeah, Tina Turner. It was it was huge. Uh, this was interesting. Dirty Harry, obviously played by Clint Eastwood, originally the role was offered to other A-listers such as Frank Sinatra, who I think could have played it well, actually, and Paul Newman, who didn't want it because he felt it was too authoritarian and he was a bit more of a liberal. Um, uh, and Clint Eastwood was like, well, I didn't have that problem. <laughs> um Sinatra, I could see it. Have you, have you ever seen the 1968 movie The Detective? Uh, also the Tony mm-hmm. Rome movies. I mean, I could see Sinatra having played um, uh, Jody Harry, although he was a lot older uh, by, like, what, 1971 than Eastwood was. How old would Sinatra have been? 55, probably, in, in 70s, in, in 71. Uh, you know, so he would have been older. But he would have been capable of doing it. I mean, I, I could see Sinatra doing it. You know what I mean? Like, sort of just hitting some one-liners, shooting some people, doing the tough guy. Could you see it, Rich, Sinatra playing the role? Of Dirty Harry? Yeah, um, that's it, man. No. No? Have you seen the movie The Detective starring Frank Sinatra? Good movie. I have. I have. It's not the same, though. Um not, um, look, he could have played it, but it would definitely been very different. Um, 
I think he's because you've got to remember again. This is my like uh, my interpretation, my my opinion. Clint uh, just has a different level of intensity. Sure. Like that, the the Frank Sinatra is a little bit more. Even when Frank Sinatra has been more serious, there's still like this almost like charm. There's this little twinkle in the kind eye. of wryness to. Yeah, yeah, it's still there, you know. Whereas Dirty Harry just feels like it feels like if Stone came to life and was pissed off. Although there is a bit of sarcastic humor in Dirty Harry uh, as the series goes on, he definitely. Yeah, does but again, it's Harry. the way that he delivers it with that stone face, where it's almost like he doesn't want to open his mouth when he talks because yeah. he's gritting his teeth so fucking much because he hates everything. You know what I mean? It's yeah. I just it's, Sinatra would have played that a bit different. So, yeah, I mean, could I see him in it? Yes, but it would definitely make it a very different mm. uh, character. It would definitely not have played the same. What's your favourite Sinatra movie? I've got two. Suddenly is a very good movie, and The Manchurian Candidate. What's your favourite Sinatra film? Mm, yeah, I'd probably say Manchurian Candidate. Great movie. Although I love the Oceans movies. I mean, oh, that's, they're great. Oh, they're great. I mean, I just that, I love them. Oh, they're great. Ocean's Eleven, what a film. Sammy Dean and Frank. Oh, Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop. Wow. They were, they were the days, man, when those kind of movies were being made. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love those movies. Uh, would have been a lighter, Dirty Harry. And let's face it, I think the man who was born to play Dirty Harry played him. You know? I, I, I think that's a perfect... Clint Eastwood found the perfect vehicle, you know, in those movies, I think, really. So yeah, it's hard to picture anyone else doing it because he did it so well, you know? Um, yeah, uh, this is kind of CD Project Red developments, uh, developers unionise after its third round of layoffs in three months. This comes just after they've just done a big new downloadable um, expansion pack to Cyberpunk. It's It's got a new one, Phantom Liberty, which is being very well reviewed. So I don't know, Rich. What are you thinking, man? I haven't even played the first one, so I'm not thinking anything. Okay. Um, we had some news here about the Metal Gear Solid voice actress was only paid $1,200 for the Naomi Hunter role. Um, the game sold more than 7 million copies. She was arguing... Well, that's part of the reason the voice actors are on strike. They're arguing for a back end to their games, basically, Rich. I, I, agree, with, I, I agree with that because, um, look, yeah, you don't know if something's going to take off you know i mean you know the, the game could be a bomb could be a massive failure could cost them money and then you're like well yeah okay well i got 1200 bucks for it at least but yeah I, th- I think if something's successful you need something in your contract that just says you get a bonus or yeah um or, or something just to say because uh, w- one thing that was really cool about you know larry and studios are the guys that just did the new boulders game Mm-hmm. Something that was really cool, like what they did, was they actually with the the game they made the Divinity like games. Yes, they made those, and th- it was such a success. They actually took that money and hired voice actors to now come and provide um, the voice acting for the for more voice acting for the game, mm-hmm. and then they patched it. I. Uh, more companies should do shit like that. Well, yeah, okay, fine. You don't have the money to do it. You do it. And if it's successful, then take that money and do something and improve the game and, and you know, the game. hey, we only got you for that 1200 We're going to bring you in again. We're going to pay you a little bit more, Yeah. you know, because now we've got the money and we can pay you a bit better and pay you for more of your time. Mm. Cool. Like, more shit like that should happen. Like, that's a really good example of... Not just taking the money and running, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, taking yeah, the money and saying let's in, let's invest it and 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 pay people to make our game better. Uh, take yeah, the money uh, and I, run. I totally agree. Take the money and run. Um, <laughs> Gladiator Two, Rich. Uh, I'm looking forward to this film. 
Um, it's talking, Ridley Scott was talking about Denzel Washington's character. Denzel's character, there were businesses of gladiators who, in, who could indeed earn their freedom if they stayed alive. That was the deal. So we went in de- running into that in depth. Where did he come from? How was he taken? He was branded with marks and registered with a brand on his chest as a slave. So that's how he comes into the story. Uh, he then goes on to ex- explain how Washington's slave-turned-gladiator character is unforgiving towards Romans because of what has happened to him in the past. He's a rich man who's still carrying a grudge. I'm looking forward to Gladiator 2, and I'm also looking forward to the Napoleon movie that is coming out very shortly, um, featuring Napoleon, obviously, uh, by Ridley Scott. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing Napoleon, I believe, Rich. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, we watched a trailer for that. Oh, I've watched a trailer. You uh, haven't watched a trailer? I don't know. I don't know, man. I've lived it. In a past life, I've lived it. I probably died at Waterloo, man. I feel like I did. You know? Obviously fighting for Napoleon's side, the losing side, unfortunately. I'll, 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 I'll try and find your grave somewhere and, and send you flowers. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have a new um, segment, and this is um, Michael Kellershim, who's written an essay here about... Um, what is it? <laughs> about 1602. Oh, so once upon a time in 1992, Todd McFarlane's Spawn comic was slumping in sales down to a paltry 600,000 copies. Instead of doing gimmick covers to bolster sales, he had an idea. Get the greatest writers in comics to come in and write one issue each. He got Frank Miller, Dave Sim, Alan Moore, and Neil Gaiman. In the early days, Todd didn't, simply didn't do con- contracts. He simply sent each writer a $100,000 check and an occasional because Todd loves you check of varying amounts. In Spawn 9, Neil decided Neil Gaiman decided to add to the Spawn mythos by adding medieval Spawn and Angela, which established there were previous Spawns, an angelic squad of warrior women who would hunt them down. A huge hit, sold over 900,000 copies, and both Angela and medieval Spawn became fan favourites, which were quickly made into Todd Toy's action figures, blah, 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 which led to Neil coming back in 1994 to an Angel... Angela miniseries. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Because Image Comics' big shtick was creator rights and ownership of those two characters was 50-50 between Todd and Neil, Neil figured he would get some nice royalty checks coming from the usage of medieval Spawn and Angela. Uh, for years, he would pester not Todd for a written contract proving ownership between the characters, but the best he could get was an occasional Todd loves you check and promised that Todd would take care of him. Um, after Todd's purchase of the $3 million Mark McGuire home run baseball, years of the runaround with no contract, and McFarlane now claiming sole ownership of the properties, Neil had a fr- uh, had had enough and confronted Todd. It didn't go down well. Talks broke... This is all public knowledge. I've heard all this before. Talks broke down, and Todd shouted at Neil, I'll bury you. It will cost you $250,000 in legal fees to fight me. Blah, blah, blah. So it goes on... Um, Gamer did something better. He went to Marvel and made a deal with Joe Casada and Bill Jemis. Neil would do a project at Marvel with all proceeds going into a legal fund, the sole intention of which was to sue Tom McFarlane. And that project, signal listeners, was 1602. Um, yeah, after 9-11, Gaiman wanted the story to be far separated from current events as possible, so he set the Marvel characters in Elizabethan times, and thus a classic was born. 10 out of 10, Kellishim rating. We've actually done it um, years ago on Signal, actually, Rich. In the early days with Stu, we did it. It was good. Um... Anyway, the postscript is Gaiman successfully sued Tom McFarlane, received over $300,000 in settlement and partial copyright over Spawn 9. Um, Ten years later, Gaiman took McFarlane back to court over Dark Ages Spawn. This was funny when he did Dark Ages Spawn and he was like, oh, it's not Medieval Spawn, it's Dark Ages Spawn. (laughs) How could you you possibly get the two confused? And, yeah, I do remember this. Um, 
uh, a jury agreed and Neil obtained partial ownership of these characters. Well, after that deal was made, a deal was made where McFarlane would obtain 100% ownership of Medieval Spawn, Neil Gaiman would obtain 100% ownership over Angela and obtain the copyrights of the Marvel Miracle Man titles, which Tyler picked up an Eclipse Comics liquidation bankruptcy sale and had been using as a bargaining chip with Gaiman for years, which is, that is interesting. Yeah, I do remember all this, but it's nice that Michael has written all that out. Um, yeah, and so essentially then, uh, Neil Gaiman did Angela, or at least licensed Angela, or did something with Angela at Marvel, because she turned up in the Thor comics, I recall. It was a big deal. And he also got, he, he managed to get the rights back to the Miracle Man stuff. So he finished those issues with um, the artist, I think think it was Mark Buckingham. I could be wrong in saying that, but I think it was. So it's quite complicated. There's a few things at stake there, but uh, essentially he called Neil Tom McFarlane's bluff, basically, in essence. Tom McFarlane was like, come sue me, I've got deep pockets, and Neil Gaiman, who do, who has reasonably deep pockets himself, like, you know, sued him and won. And look, Tom McFarlane, I love him, but he's always been a bit of a, you know, he's always a little bit, a bit of an outlaw, do you think? Just a bit. Just a little bit. I mean, that's why we love him. Um, yeah, just just wrapping up here because there's been a lot of news this week. Um, I do want to say an RIP. Shanwa Tripik uh, was the costume designer for The Mandalorian and Firefly Ridge, and she just passed away a mystery illness, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, so she'd been working as recently as up to Mandalorian, and she'd done a lot of stuff, What Lies Beneath, Barry Leverson's Toys, uh, right back to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and the pilot, she was the assistant to costume designer, for the pilot of Joss Whedon's Western uh, Firefly. And um, when the original designer was unable to sign on for the full series, uh, he, uh, he re- she recommended Trippic for the job. Uh, and then she created some of the most memorable costumes in 2000 era's television. Um, a deliberate blending of Western and Eastern aesthetics. It was a good-looking show. So, um, R.I.P. to her. Weekly Comics, Rich. Um, now, you actually suggested a good weekly comic. I think it came out last week, Transformers 1. Um, yes. This was your suggestion from last week. What did you think of this issue? It was, it was this guy again, you know, this this artist, uh, writer, who's really got a distinctive style. Uh, what's his name? Um, I'm going to bring it up now while we're here. He, he, he is one of those guys. He's really got a style. Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, I don't mind it. Um, very cool visuals. I really like the visual on the side of that van. I don't know. I like. I don't know. I don't hate his style. I just don't know if it's what I would put on a Transformers book. Yeah, you know what? Some I, of the yeah. panels I was looking at and it just looked like squares. Yeah, like when he just did like the arms and the the shoulders, yeah. and I was like, yeah. oh, it just looks like square blocks. He couldn't even be bothered to like. Yeah, make it look like it was connected, but I mean, he's not—he's not a terrible art style. It's just not something that I would have um, chosen. I don't know. I, I don't think like if you do Transformers, it needs to be cleaner lines because it's technology. It's it's yeah. robots. I, I just think the scratchy—it doesn't. I don't know if it lends mm. itself to a, a book about robots. And I hear. You. I hear. The, you. the story's okay. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't hate the story. The story's actually intriguing. Um, mm. it's, it's off to a good start. I just maybe not a big fan of the art. That's all. Yeah, look, I I didn't hate it. I was I was kind of like impressed. Me, I, I I know this guy's art, and I'm up and down on it, but I'm mostly up. Um, and I I think he toned it down from what I've seen from him before. Um, he did a book called Murder Falcon, which I really struggled with, but it again it was like yeah, it didn't it didn't grab me. Either. Imagine this amped up, 
yeah, because it was his own book. Um, but I mean, I like Transformers. I also like that this was back to basics, like only a few of them, kind of thing. Like he starts at small, which I think is good. Um, mm. Yeah, it was enough for me to keep reading. Like mission successful there, you know. Like it's not bad. It's I'd give it a seven out of ten. Um, I could I could almost be argued to seven point five. Except I sometimes found the artwork, as you're saying, a bit simplistic. But overall, it was a pretty decent read. You know, like it was, it was no. You know, I'm going to give it seven point five because at the end of it, when Starscream squeezed the hell out of that guy, I was like, yeah, I'm um down. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the kid called Spike in the original Transformers comics? Or am I wrong when I say that? Oh, or show or something? Wasn't a kid called Spike? I feel there was a kid called Spike somewhere. That's a good question. I, I could, that, I, you know what, I could be 1,000% wrong there. But anyway, my point is, I'm much more of a G.I. Joe comics guy than Transformers always have been, but I did like this. And I certainly like my Transformers. I'm just more familiar with them on the on the screen. But um, I, think <laughs> we, I think we might stick with this for a while. Why, why don't we do this as a weekly comic when it comes out every month, you know, just for a while, just to, just to get a taste? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, give it another, I'll give it another issue at least. Excellent. Um, and then we had uh, Flashbacks Friday. Uh, this was uh, Detective Comics. Let me find out what issue four five seven, which is the basically a retelling of really the origin of Crime Alley, um, the killing of the parents, maybe the first appearance of Leslie Tompkins. I, I think potentially certainly shows her linkage with Bruce. Masterful stuff by the dream team of Denny O'Neill and Dick Giordano. Um, I mean nine point five out of ten. A really classic Batman, 70s, just beautiful artwork, touching story. I mean, you can't go wrong with this. What do you think, Rich? Uh, yeah, I actually felt super short. Yeah. Um, I almost like read it and I was like, oh, shit, it's finished already. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, it's so fascinating when you, when you watch uh, or you're reading stuff where um, – they're written a little bit more human. Sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like they're not quite. It's not quite super bat, is it? You know. Yeah, like, like you get like you got pissed off with Alfred. He's like, you know, hmm. fuck off, man. He's like, stop talking to me. And I was just like, okay, that's. Um, well, I like that's it a, because that's very it, interesting. it makes me when I read this. I, it brings me back to how Denny, like, frankly, it was Denny, who really brought Batman back to his basics and the crime roots and all that kind of stuff. And he's not the super sci-fi Batman. It's 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 a more human tale. And I, and I thought a touching tale, actually. i I, mm. I got to be honest. I, people are like, come on, shoot me, you son of a bitch. You're pointing a gun at me. Yeah. You dare point a gun at me. I was like, wow, he's really pissed off today. Well, he's pissed off. Uh, he's a, you know, and Lizzie Tompkins... Who, funnily enough, I know more from um, the sort of Dixon, Rucker, Brubaker era. You know what I mean? Like, she's definitely younger, uh, at least by the time Brubaker gets her hands on users. She's more like, um, she's older, but she's she's a completely different look. Well, the, the one in this is really an old biddy, isn't she? Like, you know, when she's there talking, like, she's more of a matronly kind of figure. Um but, yeah, excellent issue. Um, I'd call it a landmark issue. I think this is Kenny O'Neill in his prime and Dick Giordano, just beautiful artwork. 
can I say as well, a lot tighter than his lines on the flash that he was doing in the 70s as well, which I'm late 70s, early 80s I'm reading, and Dick Giordano had a pretty loose style by then. But this was more, um, it just felt tighter. What do you think, Rich? Um, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's yeah, it's super tight. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's... Mm. Well, his flash stuff, it's almost a bit sketchy, which is cool, mm. but it's, it's a completely different style, is all I'm saying. By the early 80s, he had a completely different style of, of, of artwork based on the flash I'm reading. Like, I wouldn't have picked it as the same artist, yeah. you know? But, I mean, that's but that's the mark of a true artist is you mm. get better, you improve, you sure. you refine your craft. Yeah, although I prefer this to his flash stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. No, <laughs> nice, no. Fair but, but by this, I like both. I'm just saying that I wouldn't have picked them as the same artist. And he was a master of his craft. Like, let's face it, the Giordano is like one of the leading lights in DC artwork, you know, in the, in the what, 70s, 60s, 70s, into the 80s, yeah? He was massive. I think at one point he was the publisher, actually. I want to say that. I, or at least he was the artistic director. Um, he was he was very high up in the companies. Is is what he was. He was he was like super high up. He was responsible for like a lot of the hiring and firing that went on um, in, in the seventies. I reckon it was 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 kind of like the peak of his powers. Let's look him up. Dick Giordano. When did he 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 lived until twenty ten? So he, he was older than I. He lived longer than I expected. Um, yeah. So DC Comics. Best known as an inker. Um, his inking was particularly associated with the pencils of Neil Adams. Um, then he went to continuity. Oh, I wonder if I'm thinking of the right guy. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Um, he inked Adams on Superman versus Muhammad Ali. In through at the late 70s and early 80s, Ross, Andrew, and Giordano were DC's primary cover artists. Um, I don't know, man, if he was like if he was the guy that I'm thinking of. Maybe he wasn't. The, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Was there another really big guy who was... Um, a, name me another really big DC artist other than Jim Apero and Neil Adams from like the 70s. Because whoever I'm thinking of was like... He, I thought he was the publisher or at least he was the artistic director. And looking at his, looking at his stuff here, I don't see... Oh, oh yeah, here Jesus. we go. No, it is him. It is him. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in nineteen eighty, like, I mean, there's a lot of artists from the seventies. This is good because like in, name one. In nineteen eighty, DC publisher Jeanette Kahn brought Giordano back to DC. Initially, the editor of the Batman titles, Giordano, was named the company's new managing editor in eighty one, and promoted to vice president and executive editor in eighty three, a position he held till ninety three. So he is the guy that I was thinking of. Yeah. So it was in the eighties. In the seventies, he was a cover guy and an inker, uh, often associated with Neil Adams, and then. And he left, and then, yeah, Janak Khan brought him back. Right, so I was thinking the right guy, I just had my timelines a bit out. That's okay. That's okay, Dave. Don't That's be, okay. Nothing wrong. Don't be too hard on yourself, man. Like, I try to remember all these fucking details. Like, um, I'm giving Detective Comics 457 and 9.5. What are you, Rich? Come on. Um, Fresh as uh, Detective Comics, I give an 8.5. Oh, wow, that's a strong score. We'll lock that in. Jeez. Well, lock that in, Rich. That's a big score from you for Batman. <laughs> uh, but it's such a but it is it's typical good Batman because it's it's the whole crime alley, it's the anniversary, you know, yeah, of the parents' death. It's the mm. you know, it's yeah. I mean, it's just classic. It's 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 that's being used so often mm. and imitated so often. And this would have been the original time they did it, yeah. Like why Crime Alley became Crime Alley. It, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Yeah, I think this was when they retconned it. Um, 
it, this was yeah, this was kind of the inspiration of Crime Alley. Would would um writers get a credit for Crime Alley in if it was in a movie? Would you, would Denny have gotten a check? Do you reckon for Crime Alley? Because uh, I wonder. Good, good question, mate. I wonder if you get checks for places like if you were the guy who designed the Hall of Justice, would you get a check for that? You know. Uh, maybe it was in a TV show. You wouldn't. Oh, I don't know. God, you, you, I mean, again, you would hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I feel like the re- the actual Hall of Justice is is actually a real building. They it was a real building in like Cleveland or somewhere. You know that they use for the Super Friends TV show. Um, I'll I'll find that information out. But I read that recently. I'd like to visit it one day. Actually, I really like to visit it. I hope it's still there. That that's actually that's actually one of my goals. I'm going to tell Michelle that that I want to go to visit the real Hall of Justice. Maybe Superman will take me into the clouds. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like hopefully, and just drops me. He's like you're surplus to requirements. I'm actually evil. <laughs> I'm like oh my god, <laughs> I didn't expect this plot twist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like the comics are my PR pitiful human. Um, okay, so. It's six flag. I oh know that's the six flags thing. Cincinnati Union Terminal is 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 what it was based on. Um, one of the animators, Al Gummer, likely visited Cincinnati Union Terminal while attending meetings and confirmed he was inspired by the terminal in designing the superhero headquarters. And if you look at it, it is basically the same. Um, it's the design. That's actually cool. So I wonder if it's still there, man. You know, and you take a photo of it with it and stuff. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Wearing a Superman T-shirt. Do you reckon I'll be the first person in the world to ever do that? I reckon. <laughs> I don't reckon anyone's sure, ever Dave. It. I'm not going to burst that bubble. I don't sure. reckon anyone's ever thought of that before. Um, all right. Trade of the Week, Rich. Superman Man of Steel miniseries, the first part of this pretty chunky hardcover. Uh, John Byrne, I've heard about this my entire fucking comic book life. In fact... The first time I entered Labyrinth Comics and I famously bought Dark Knight Returns not really even knowing it was Batman. Yes, I am that person. I was like, who's this character? Is this Batman? Like, because it was like the shadowy image with the lightning. That wasn't obvious enough for like little Dave. Like, no, nope, little Dave needed it spelled out. I did it spelled out. I, like, I was like, this? And he's like, yeah, I recommend this. The guy's like, I recommend this. I'm like, who's this? Dark Knight? I'm like, Who? And he's like, Batman. I'm like, Batman? Okay. This is Batman? I'm like, well, I was like, why isn't Batman on the cover? He's like, he is on the cover. I was like, fine. I was like, I bought it under sufferance. I was like, fine. I'll see if it's any good. <laughs> I was like, I suppose so. Uh, I was like, anything with Robin? Uh, anyway, but so I bought that and it changed my fucking life. But at the same time, Man of Steel, and I want to say it was this miniseries, was on the, cup, was on the shelf. But of course... Little Davey didn't have a lot of funds back in the day to buy more than one comic. So what I did, this is so me, I opened it up. I was like, oh, Superman, Superman. And I read the Batman issue, <laughs> just the Batman issue, because I remember reading it in the comic store. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. He means Batman for the first time. And I was quizzing the guy. I, I couldn't understand. I was only young. And I really hadn't read many comics, like, at all. And he's like, yeah, this is the origin of Superman. I'm like, these are the first Supermans? Uh, you know, and he's like, no, 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 they've restarted it. I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, and I just kept saying, so this is how it starts. He's like, yes. I was like, wow. So this is from like way back. 
no. And I was like, huh? And and then and then eventually, what I was telling the guy was, what are they doing? Are they just? Uh, I, I kind of grasped it. I was like, so what do they do? They got comics from back in the day and they've redrawn them. Is that right? No. And I was just like, too confusing. I'm not buying this comic. I, I remember thinking this is just too confusing. I don't understand what's happening. I don't like it because I thought it was going to be the start. I was like, these are the originals. No. So I put it back on the shelf, but I did read the Batman issue. I remember reading that, and I quite enjoyed it. Um, but I'd never read any of the other stuff. Um, I want to say, obviously, my Superman, you know, comic book knowledge is you know a lot greater now than it was as a kid who not really read any. Um, but I read Superman in the nineties for quite a few years, and it was it was obviously after this reboot, but it was quite a bit of a way down the road. Whereas this is the beginning. I always thought that I wouldn't really enjoy this stuff because I felt it was a bit corny. But actually, having read these six issues, I think they're very strong. Like, so turns out everyone's been right, telling me my whole life to read this fucking John Byrne Superman. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Well, it's this is the first six, so it's not even his ongoing. It's this is the, the miniseries that sort of preceded it all. I mean, I think he does a good job. There's bits where I roll my eyes because it's John Byrne trying to wipe away a, a lot of the past, but that was his that was his mission, so that's okay. Well, that's the job he was given, yeah. Yeah. So no, no, I and I I really enjoyed it. I also does he do all the artwork, Rich? Is that all his artwork, or is that someone else? Yes. No, no, no. That's well, him. this is I really like the artwork, apart from one panel where Lois Lane literally looked like a crossdresser, where she was like in the apartment, like. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a panel in, like, one of the issues, the issue where she goes to his apartment for the first time. And oh, you, you mean the one where she's uh, lesbian-coded? <sighs> well, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> Mags Versace, I might tell you. She literally well, look, look at her hair. Look at her hair, Dave. She put it up and, <laughs> and you know. She, she, Anyone with a shaved head, shaved head and uh, earrings, apparently, according to Mags Versace. Which, I, I swear to God, no one but her could get away with saying that and, like, the internet doesn't burn her down for that. You know, like, it's just like... Not that I give a fuck, by the way. I couldn't care less. But the way she says it, and she's like, oh, yeah, just like most lesbians. Like, you know, yeah. And imagine if some other guy said that, you know, like, and I'd be like, oh, my God, like, cancel him forever. Um, yeah, no. Very strong. I think, as well, Rich, and I want to get your opinion on this, because I said this to you. In issue five, she refers to wanting to have, be with Subban for five years. So as five years passed in, in this miniseries or not hang on so can you what what page is there i will find it i will find it it's in issue five i will find it for you give me because this this miniseries is pretty um i mean uh put it this way it maybe it's been five years since he um like you know the beginning where he saves the plane yes uh not in the superman costume so i think He's been going around saving people because his parents have been doing the clippings. Mm-hmm. But when he's in the Superman costume, it's all there's no time has passed once he's in the Superman costume. I, as far as I can tell, I think. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, that's what now, I, I thought, but I don't know. Well, that's what I said. You, I'm, I'm trying to find the thing where you said. I'm going to find it right. I'm going to find it right now right? because it confused me. Um, she's talking as well. So give me your... While I'm doing this... By the way, I've got to say, Lex Luthor looks absolutely ridiculous with this red hair. Can I just say I, that? Can I be honest with you? I like it. 
why, Richard? It looks absolutely stupid, man. Are you kidding? So I like it because it's. I I feel like they were going for a um uh oh, uh a Gene Hackman. Yes, that no, I agree with that. No. Yes, they are. Yes, and and I kind of liked it because again, you can you can always make him bald. There's no you know um and again, he's so vain. Mm. That you know, again, he would probably blame Superman for the stress of him losing more of his hair. So I'm just saying, like, I kind of like it that it's this because what it does is it shows it shows his vanity. He's clearly going bald. Yes, but but he still thinks he's like got a lush head of hair and like he's this Don, you know, Don. And he does obviously of... go bald because in later. You know, oh, no, no. When, when you get to the actual uh, uh, main series mm-hmm. after this miniseries, yeah, he's back to being bald. All right. Um, now, I found this thing. So it's on page 130 in my collection. It's when the Bizarro character is uh, caught her and he kisses her and he, she thinks, I don't believe it. Five years I've been dreaming of being kissed by Superman. Now this thing. So it's like five years since the... Okay, it's possible because it, it doesn't... It doesn't read like that. No, though. it doesn't at all. And if I hadn't read that, I would have thought this all took place in like six months, you know? Mm. Um, but I wonder if... Well, that's it, what it feels like, yeah. It feels like um, he's just fresh on the scene. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense, but I guess, I don't know. I, 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 I didn't get that impression. I mean, forget, I mean, since he put on the Superman costume, it's the first time he's meeting Batman. He's just gotten hired at the Daily well, Planet. So, I mean, if five years has passed, Burns has not didn't do a very good job of... Well, what I was wondering was, was each issue a year? That's what I was thinking. Man of Steel miniseries. Let's try to get to the bottom of this fucking. No, no, it didn't come out once a year. No, but no, 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 not not out once a year. I mean, each issue. Oh, you're trying to say that? Yeah. That's what I mean. Each issue was like a year in his life, but it doesn't read like that either. It's not like each. No, it, it doesn't. I don't know. Like. Let's try to read this here. I'm reading this bullshit. Uh, I also hate it at the end when he finds out about Krypton. He's like, oh, who cares about that? And I'm just like, Jesus. Like... Well, again, so this is where they wanted to... Um, again, they were reboot. Like, again, they were very much rebooting. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the so this is when they... This is when the the, the they changed the Krypton even costumes, the Kryptonian mm. costumes and stuff and all that. And this is also where they had it where... Um, He's not super familiar with his um, his heritage. Mm. He's only kind of just finding out about that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. I just said. I mean, I, I thought there was just a. If, I think they set out and they they did what they aimed to do, which yeah. was uh, cut away all the you know the the monkeys and the cats and the dogs, which were fun for its time. But I think they wanted to. Um, get people excited about Superman again, yeah, and and make him feel fresh, but but still recognizable, you know. Yeah, I'm like fucking U fifty two. Oh yeah. no, no, this is so definitely it, it changed him completely. Yeah, no, no, this is a very successful uh, reboot. I ha- would have to say. I mean, much though I fucking love Bronze Age and like the late seventies and early eighties Superman, and that's my personal cup of tea. This is actually very good at what it does. Now I'm reading up. On this, um, so it's not every year an issue, but it does say in, in the Wikipedia um, there's a mention of it. Uh, let me find it. Um, oh God, where are we? Um, okay, here we are. Um, Lois mentions she has been dreaming of kissing Superman for five years now, indicating he's been active in Metropolis 
for at least as long as that period. So, at least as long as that point. So, and apparently the rest- restoration of Lucy's sight is an element borrowed from Bizarro's original debut in Superboy 68, right down to the dust cloud. Um, I also was feeling like that the the sort of sand uh, Superman was reminding me of the sand Superman story of Kryptonite Nevermore by Danny O'Neill. I don't know if that was just a coincidence. I could be. I think what, what they were doing when they rebooted this was I think they were trying to pull elements. Yes. You know, again, take what works and cut what they felt didn't yeah. work. Or And in all honesty, i I got to say... Like, and I'm looking forward, I, I think, so next show, do we want to do the, the first, say, six issues of the comic? Would you be down for that? Like, how many sure. issues are in this thing? Like, I don't know. How? Uh, there's a few, I think it's... Let's say we'll do six. Let's let's just say six. Okay, one sure. to six. One to six. Because um, I'm excited to read it. Um, but I know this came out first. Um, oh, yes, so here's what I was going to say. The thing is, he reboots it, but what's cool about the post-crisis stuff is gradually a lot of shit does creep back in you know gradually yeah 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 i mean it was never meant to go away forever Mm. they just wanted to um trim it back a bit so they could just focus on just superman yeah uh because again they were also they were also modernizing him yes right and it's very hard to modernize a character when you've got you know uh Crypto running around and yeah. uh, Supergirl and, you know, Google Superboy, they, they kind of just want to say, okay, let's get rid of all of the peripheral stuff for now mm. and just focus on Superman. Let's, you know, tell his story again. Let's, let's modernize him a little bit. His parents are alive. Yeah. You know, he's, he's fresh in, you know, Metropolis, making a name for himself. Mm. He's got a bit of a different attitude, you know what I mean? Because it's a new Superman. It's a different Superman. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was a fantastic, um, oh, no, not I reimagining, think. but a, a fantastic modernizing. Because uh, I think heroes do need to be modernized. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't, you know, like, some people say, oh, you don't want things to change. No, no, no. I'm, I'm happy for things to change. Mm. I just want them to be done well. Like, yes. I think, again, like, uh, most characters, their origins are in an outdated um time like uh you you can't have iron man in 2000 in the year 2000 you can't have his origin be vietnam no like you just can't it's too far removed it's it's not he's an he's, he's an older man then you know what i mean mm. like you, you have to modernize the characters you've got to change the thinking a little bit but not but not drastically no. that's well, that's also the problem that, that they they failed with 52 is that they just wanted to change superman too much mm. um to the point where he was almost unlikable. What did you um, think of Grant Morrison's action comics? Uh, again, I didn't like it. No, um, I enjoyed it. I did. Yeah. I yeah, but I just found his Superman to be too unlikable. Yeah. yeah. Like and and again because they changed it to the point where he didn't have parents anymore. Yeah. Like his parents died when he was young again, and so you know he got a little bit of this chip on his shoulder, and he's very yeah. cocky and um and and also sometimes well. Again, maybe he was trying to do it like the original Superman, who was a bit of a bully, <laughs> you know, um, with the villains and all that. This is before you know the big superhero um, villains and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking about when he when he went up against you know the gangsters uh, again, and, the gangsters and all that shit, yeah, yeah. and the mafia and all that. I, I get it, you know, Grant Morrison he does love to tie things back, but I'm also like, but yeah, but Grant, sometimes we have moved beyond that, and the characters have yeah, 
yeah. they they've changed their their core has changed over time which is again which is it's normal it's understandable it's a natural it's it's a natural thing but then when you try and change it too far again in one go mm. you know because a lot of times that change is is gradual it's natural it's just what happens over time when you come in and drastically change it mm. um it's it just sometimes it's a bit jarring and that's why i like this because i didn't feel like this was a massive change no no this was to, good to superman i thought it was a good you know okay what what makes the character important like what makes him superman but then you know let's mix it up a bit now he's a little bit more uh, flirtatious with, with lois you know what i mean he's a little bit more giving it back to her a little bit you know what i mean he's not mm. he's not the shy meek no clock can't he's he's got a little bit of a backbone he's like you know i'll win lois over without you know you know what really you know what really surprised me was how he showed lana lang his powers I was like, wow, I did not know. I did not see that coming in a million years. I, I was like, wow, I didn't realize he did that. Yeah. Well, yeah, in this one they did because um, at that point that was the love of his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, that was – that genuinely surprised me. I, I did not know that, even in current comics, that he'd done that to Lana Lang, like, at all. So I guess that's mm-hmm. canon. Like, I didn't know. I oh, didn't... no, that is, that is definitely canon now. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Which is surprising because I don't think they ever did that in Smallville. Yes, they do. Oh, um, no, they do. They do eventually. Yes, yes, sorry. Eventually. She sort of figures it out on her own. Actually, you know what she does do? She sort of pieces it together like a jigsaw puzzle because it's seasons mm. of fucking misdirection. And then she literally sees him do some super shit with Chloe. Um, like breaking down a door and using his heat vision, and but she sort of figured it out. He, he, yeah. he and he does tell her in the end. Um, but she sort of almost figured it out by that time. Yeah, which I'm not. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of. I quite like the idea of like him telling her because think about it this way, right? You you've just found out you're an alien. Mm-hmm. You've got powers. Mm. You you kind of want to tell someone, right? You can't just talk to your parents. He, he told like, Chloe. He told Chloe. No, I know, but, but yeah, but they they made sort of Chloe the surrogate Lana yeah. in in a way, which is why so many people ship those two, because unfortunately they they basically made Chloe fill the Lana well, uh, position in a sense. Well, they're both there, I guess. You know, like no, um, but what I'm saying is that that was Lana's. That was Lana was the person that he went to when he had a problem when he when he needed someone to talk to. Lana oh, I was. See what you're saying. Yeah, whereas in the Small, person in the comics, Small, whereas she's in, in Smallville, it's Chloe. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. And she's more the romantic uh, interest, uh, Lana, in yeah. Smallville. She's like the... She's, oh, I've got to keep my secret from her, you know. Yeah, I don't want to... You know, what's the controversy? Oh, because she lost her parents in the media shower that brought him or something? Yeah, yeah, she loses her parents in the media shower at the, at the very start, like in the first episode. I thought that was a little bit weak, but... Oh, I guess it serves its purpose. I love the show, man, so I won't hear any bad oh, Dude, listen, <laughs> you are allowed to love something and critique it, you know? Yeah, I guess. This is like sounding like your comments on Hugh Jackman, though. No, no, you... Look, in, in all fairness, I love the show, but it, you, you could pick a part of a lot of Smallville. Like, <laughs> like you know, there's a lot of... Um, uh, how can I say sort of paper ma- paper mache storytelling at times in Smallville? Like it's, but, but, it's fun. Also, the but that's also again the problem with Smallville is because they knew they were never going to wind up together. That's why I feel like they they use the Chloe character instead. 
Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were like, well, look, she's going to be around a long time. We're not. He's not ending up with Lana. It's, it's got to be lower. So, you know, exactly. But you the, know, oh, yeah. yeah, I agree. But, but by the same token, they get a fair. Lois gets uh, not Lois gets a fair run, but so does Lana, and she gets the whole story along with Lex and everything. So you know they kind of move her character around because I think they milk it pretty dry. They're romantic stuff. At one point he's with her, you know, and they're happy. Well, that can only last for so long in a show like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've, you've got to kind of keep the balls moving because in a lot of ways it is a soap opera. You know, honestly, like when you're watching Smallville, there's a big soap opera component to the show. You know. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, which is kind of part of the charm of the show. I actually think it's actually a really good show. I, I'm I'm very much enjoying my watch, but um, you know, I just no. In all honesty, I have lived this long on this planet. I did not know that the because I'm used to reading the old comics where Lana's just breaking his balls like to find out if he's Superman. Like it's her one fucking mission in life. And, um, which also Lois does a lot too, but, like, Lana, like, is incessant uh, in the old Superboy comics. And I just thought he always misdirected her um, successfully. I don't think she, I didn't think she ever cracked the code, but in Man of Steel, it's like, yeah, he did it, and she's super- oh, Yeah, but again, it's because the... Because <laughs> in Superboy, Lana fills the Lois... Yes. Uh, yes. ...thing of the person that's trying to get... <laughs> That's trying to basically um, figure out his, his secret. Sort of outwit him and, and find it out. No, you're, you're 100% right. And um, she, yeah, uh, look, no, it was, a, it was a, a, and it kind of breaks her heart. Like, she's fully bitter about it in Man of Steel. She's like, I hated you for a while and all this. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. strong words from fucking Lana Lang. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, but again, but again, understandable. I mean, she literally loved him. Like, yeah. She thought that she were, that they were soulmates, that it was meant to be, that this was, you know, she had found her guy, and then he's like, nah, sorry, I'm... I'm off to the world. I'm off, you know, I'm off to Metropolis. Go, go chase some tail. And, and then he even, he even <laughs> has a thought balloon where he goes, Lana and Krypton are in the past. I don't care about them. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like... I'm just like... Oh, dude, wait till you get to the actual series where he actually has a dream about Wonder Woman. Oh, that's... Really? Yeah, he actually has a, 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 a fantasy about Wonder Woman. He's like, whoa. He's like, really? yeah, shit. And he goes, you know what? But Because this is kind of this week, she's just met Wonder Woman. Right, right. Right. right, right. So you've got to remember, it's all reboot. So yeah, she's just kind of made herself. And, you know, again, she's you know, big, powerful, she's strong, hot, yeah. sexy. And he actually has a That's he has a wet dream about her. Are you for real? <laughs> well, oh, I'm just, I mean, but, but he does actually have a dream where they <laughs> fight him. Shit, and then they they like um make out like go in, they go in to kiss. Really? Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! Wait, I wouldn't have expected that in a million years. Um, okay, well that's that's interesting. Well, look, I'm looking forward to reading more of of the Superman by John Byrne. Um, all those years ago, I, I think I made the right decision to, to get Dark Knight. But if I'd bought this, it, what's hilarious is it's funny the paths we follow in life. If I'd bought that Superman at the same time, I never would have bought it instead of, but if I'd bought it as well, like a week later, I certainly would have kept reading. I I know me very well, you know what I mean? And I have always loved Superman as well, and I loved him when he appeared in Dark Knight, so I would have been all about it. I I just couldn't understand. I I was sort of too, not just young, but too 
green in terms of comics to understand all this stuff about reboots and and old stories made new and all that. It just didn't make any sense to me. I just I literally didn't understand it. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas obviously you know after you read comics for a year you get it. They they rebooting the character. They're doing this. They're doing that. Okay, it makes sense. But when you're when it's your first time in the comic book store, it can be a bit overwhelming. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting. Well, as I was telling you this, I sorry before you rate it. I love this, and I was telling you before. I actually have the original trade yes of it uh printed by titan books back in the day and it is so so beat up and worn i'm not joking <laughs> it's funny. you know what i mean the yeah. spine is cracked it's peeling yeah like the you know the pages are losing or the edges are losing their color i have had this for such a long time and i've read it that's great. like so many times that um uh, but thank God I've got the uh, I've got the new version, the hardcover ones that that you're going to be buying. Yeah. Um, because I I was like I can't keep reading this; it's going to fall apart. <laughs> it's well, going to literally break you. It's great that it's well loved. I've got some 2000 AD graphic novels from the 80s, um, which are similar. Which I just keep. It's pure, you know, um, you nostalgia. Know, it, it is, and it's like this is where my collection started. You know what I mean? Mm. Like these were the first series books in my collection. I still love them. I would have read them, you know, some of them close to a hundred times. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I've, I've always, uh, you know, uh, my grandparents had some old comics and stuff and all that. So, I mean, I've always read, but this was the, this was the Superman that got me on the Superman train. Like this is the ones that I was like, shit. Yeah. Superman's a fucking cool character. Definitely. Like I, you know, I, I, I really dig the character. Before, I was like, oh, yeah, Superman, he's having a wacky adventure, mm. you know, reading some of the old comics, and that was fine. But this was the one where I was like, man, this, this, this guy's cool. I love Superman. Like, it's great. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm going to give it a 9.5. I think writing and artwork, John Byrne, um, it's excellent. And people always talk about this. It's also a very sort of, uh, how can I say, formal Superman. Like, it's, it's just a – it's it's – it feels like you know what it reminded me of when he talks Superman from the movie, you know, like the original movies. Like it's almost that very formal way of speaking, you know. I um, liked it. a little bit, but wait till you get to the actual series. Okay. It's uh, it's it's a bit more relaxed. Okay, well, yeah, nine point five, uh, and I'm certainly looking forward to doing the first six issues of the regular series um, next show. Rich, what are you giving it? I was going to give it a nine, but you know what? You've convinced me. Nine point five. Yeah, it's excellent. Like fuck it. Um, now I do want to say um, thank you to all the listeners. Um, we've picked up a lot of UK listeners in recent weeks. Um, actually, um, not recent months, to be honest. Um, which is great. Um, so you know, obviously our US listeners, all our European listeners, our Australian listeners, and and all the UK guys that have come on board, guys and girls. Um, it's much appreciated. Uh, look. Yes. Hello, my new fellow countrymen. That's and it. Ladies. Was it because of your <laughs> citizenship swap, Rich? That I right think so. I, I mean, it's hard to deny. You know, a couple of months ago, I became a, uh, a, 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 a citizen of the crown. Wow. And and now and now it's all and you know and now, now we're getting more listeners. That's King gotta Charles. Be, got to be connected. Correlation, you know, correlation, can't deny it. No, definitely. And um, I do want to say there are show running costs. If you can appreciate and help the signal, um, join our Patreon for as little as a dollar per month. It really helps the show. Patreon.com slash Signal and Doom. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, you can support the show. Rich, I think it's time for you to pick a movie. So we do Cinema of Doom. 
and it's your pick. I don't care what you pick. You can pick anime, you can pick live action, whatever you want to pick, and we'll do it in the next couple of weeks, okay? Um, mm. Just to move your discussion. So that's for... Ooh, pressure, pressure's on. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you've got time, Rich. I mean, but just think of something. Um, and as I say, the, the canvas is yours. I don't care what you pick, okay? Um, and next week it's going to be the Superman, John Byrne. Then I'll go back to your pick, Rich. Um, yeah, and I want to say... Look, check out Legion Outpost. We did a new episode today um, featuring some Jim Shooter, Mike Grell uh, stuff from the mid-70s. It was great. Three-parter. Um, and, oh, gosh, I had something else to mention, which I forgot. Oh, yeah, and check out the, the recent interview with Chuck Dixon that we did last week. So check that out because it was a good one, actually. I was very happy with that one. Chuck always is a – he's great to interview, great to chat to. and he brings um, the goods. He does. It was it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. And he gave us – he gave a lot of his time to. So I want to say thank you to Chuck for that. Uh, other than that, um, proud members of the collective, as always. You've got Into the Night on there. You've got Last Sons of Krypton. You've got Capes and Lunatics with Phil and Lilith. You've got Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got a lot of stuff happening on the collective. Um, Rich, anything you'd like to mention to the listeners before we go? No. Uh, again, um, I don't have much of a uh... – social uh online uh foot but uh you can get me at um uh instagram if anyone wants to uh drop me a line or check out my stuff it is uh farfetch comics with an x cool um uh yeah uh, hit me up there always, yeah, do uh, always happy to chat yeah man that's it well on that note i want to say thank you and good night good night right show rich we just punched it out, man. Mm-hmm.